Oh man. Alright, alright. Welcome. Oh wait, here we go. Oh, and I don't have any of your ca Oh my god, I think it messed up the cameras. Uh, let's oh, see. Oh, I have my. to fix this. Yeah, I have to fix it. Like, uh, OBS completely crashed on me. So, you know oh, what? My. We're going to fix it live right. here, guys. We're going to fix it live. We don't have to restart anything. So, before we start... Alright, you know what? I'm going to do it while I'm fixing this. Welcome, everybody, to Mog Talk episode 220. Today is... Uh, February 20th, 2021. My name is Frosty, of course. If you are unfamiliar with Mog Talk, it is a show based around the Final Fantasy XIV rating community where we just... Well, not rating community, holy shit. Everything from rating to Chuckaboo Racing. We do everything. We're doing lore today. Uh, and today is like the worst fucking... I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I just have everything all messed up. It was perfect. You know what? I'm going to tell you it's a quick story. Fine. I'm going to tell you guys a quick story. Before the show started... You might notice the layout's different on the show. It's because I lost all of my assets, or I lost the layout that I had for the show. Like, it just, Adobe reinstalled itself, and I lost it. So now we have a new layout today. So enjoy that. All right. Welcome, everybody. I have everything fixed. It took me two seconds. And before we get started, I want to introduce my guests. Since we are talking about lore, we brought on two of the best people to talk about it. First... I'm going to introduce, or I'm going to have Ethis introduce himself. Would you mind? Hi. Hi, everyone. It's me. I'm Ethis. This is my introduction. we got another guy here who also knows a lot about lore. What's up? Who's this? Uh, this is Anonymous, another guy who, who goes on fewer shows than Ethis and is probably not as well known, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe not as well known, but definitely much more of like... Depends on where you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were looking... If they held up two pictures of people and they're like, which one of these two are in a boy band? That's, it's you. Uh, well... It's you, man. I mean, it depends on the decade, doesn't it? Right. Oh, you're right. No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, anyways, we have recovered... Is Alice in Chains a boy band? Does it, it's does mostly it... boys. Yeah. It's mostly boys, right? Foo yeah. Fighters? Is, is, that, is that all it takes to count? Yeah, I, I would think so in the, in the real <laughs> A band with boys in it, by definition. Yeah. Oh, I see Papa Roach doesn't have any girls. Good boy, Ben. <laughs> it is. Hmm. Oh, all right. Before we, before we trigger too many people out there today, uh, I, I do want to let everybody know uh, it is going to be about lore. We have a lot of stuff to discuss. We are focusing a good bit. I'm going to be asking questions about the moon because this is something Ethis has been waiting for. He's been like sitting there, like he's like every day, he's like, I'm ready to talk about the moon. You know, I, I know it's coming. I know it's going to happen. And this is the uh, conversation I want to happen. He's always had a positive mm -hmm. outlook towards it. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. Ethis? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I've been so excited so excited to go to the moon do i do i need to give some context for for this please, does everyone please, like have ahead, the context for this Take, i don't think everybody okay. has context go ahead go, go. so um heaven's award comes out right end of 2.0 we see a little bit standing on the moon uh and the next patch we see the void arc sort of you know drifting around in the sea of clouds and i've got uh haps you know chewing on my ass saying oh, we'll go to the moon it's the uh the the uh, lunar whale we're going to the moon next patch here we go raid's gonna be on the moon i was like come on dude like we've we've barely seen we haven't even seen half of aorzia yet why are we going to be going to the moon um and it just kind of stuck you know yeah. like everything <laughs> um 
And, you know, eventually uh, we, I mean, we are. It, it was, was going right. to happen eventually, right? There's one of these times yeah. we're going to like meme about it and it was going to be true. Yeah, I mean, we still haven't seen, you know, West Shroud. We still haven't seen any uh, dusk white settlements, but uh, I guess we're going to the moon. Great. So how much of the world, I mean, we don't know really how much of the world we've seen, right? Sure we do. Do we? They can't just like extend Roughly. the map and just say, hey, yeah. look, it's actually bigger than what we thought it was. Well, we've got that. We're gonna, they're going to do that. What we've seen with the three great continents is probably like 50% of it minus a lot of ocean. Um, mm -hmm. It's a very rough Earth analog. They've kind of broken up what we see on the Earth and moved it around a bit, but it is kind of close if you look at it. There's an analog to each thing. Mm -hmm. um, so like on the other side of the planet, you've got the equivalent of North and South America, whatever they make those look like. That's going to be the new world. But like a lot of it's probably ocean between there, and then they can throw in whatever we want. But yeah, probably roughly about 50%. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I actually just posted in Discord chat for you there, Frosty. Um, okay. This is this is not going to like necessarily be like literal, but this is kind of extrapolated from the shots that we've actually seen from the moon of the <laughs> of okay. the surface of Heinlein. Um And you can see, sort of top right section there is the three great continents. Ah. Um, and then stretching down the left there is the new worlds. Um, we assume, we imagine, okay. and then uh, sort of to the south there is uh, is Maricidia. Um So yeah, we've seen we've seen like roughly fifty percent. Okay. Um, yeah, we, across I, the. I still think moments. they could BS it and make it more if they really wanted to. I, why? I don't know yeah, why they would. To be yeah. honest with you, because there is space, right? You have lots of stuff to go to, and now we apparently can go to space. Why can't we? We can go to different dimensions. <laughs> Uh, we kind of have like a, a, as much of room as we want to make stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I had a little bit. I had a little bit of a benefit in this case because when we went to um, E3 with Gamer Escape in 2015. Fusion tried to get Yoshida to talk about what the new mechanic was going to be after Heaven's Word because we did. They said they were thinking of you could go up or you could go down, and they decided on up for flight. So Fusion tried to like goad him into saying, "Yeah, we're going to go down. We're going to go swimming. We're going to go like in water content in 4.0." But they hadn't announced it yet. So Yoshida jokes, "Maybe we'll eat, we'll go even further up. Maybe we'll go like into space. I think we'll go to the moon." <laughs> and like as soon as we left that interview, we all sat together. Like, did we think he was fully joking? Like. Like we fully joking, and then yeah. he meant he made that same joke probably six times, and we were like, okay, you know what? This is probably on his long term to do list. So I've just been waiting for it. Like it's coming. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have seen the clip where he's talking at Fan Fest, and he's like, uh, "Where do you guys think we're going to go? Oh, the moon, probably 7.0, right? And mm -hmm. then it's mm -hmm. 6.0, but um. yeah, fast tracked it." Um, seriously though, like I, I was expecting we would be getting there eventually and, um, we'll talk about that. I think pretty soon looking at the show notes. Oh yeah. So um, the show notes, but, yeah. Mm -hmm. That but, we go um, by. I, yeah. That we totally go by <laughs> that. We follow very, 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 uh, you know, strict, um, sophisticated show notes here. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting to be a zone. I was expecting it to be like an instance, you know, like we'd have a battle on the moon. Um, but having a zone is uh, is surprising and uh, makes me. Do you think it's just going to be a zone? Uh, that's a loaded question. What do you What do you mean by just 
a zone. Like so, a is zone. it like, hey, it's you have the Crystarium and you have uh, mm. Lakeland, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the moon. That's that's the rough size of the moon that we're going to be getting. Oh, I see what you mean. Rather than being like several zones, yeah. Yes, I think it's going to be just a zone. If there are several zones on the moon, then I'm going to be salty. <laughs> the whole expansion is moon. It's so, oh, this is I'd so be, far to I think. would be so mad. I'd be so mad. It's not. It's definitely not. I expect like one very large hub zone and then a lot of instanced content off of it. Because uh, they, they mm. need somewhere to put that beast tribe, right? The the totally not humming ways. Well, mm-hmm. okay. So here's here's and we're we're not like too deep in the lore right now. We're kind of just talking ideas from things that from your perspective as being lore masters, right? That's kind of what I'm trying to do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the moon, we have this other very colorful area, uh, and that, those sort of things have been the major highlight. And gar garlimald, garlimald, bleh. you know, we have these three areas. So, so are we going to be like? A couple areas here, a couple areas here, a couple areas here, just kind of jumping around these three different zones to try to wrap up this story. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Yoshida said in a recent interview, like a couple of days ago, that um, it was going to be a far more sort of like, uh, what's the term he used? Basically, a far more like expansive adventure in terms of like jumping back and forth all over the place rather than just kind of like walking in a straight line which is like what most expansions have been basically is us getting from like here to there and like going through several zones to sort of do that and then kind of like backtracking through them over the course of the expansion mm-hmm. um where this is going to be yeah like you know one minute we're going to be over in Thavna, the next we're going to be you know over somewhere else and then i mean we can only speculate like what order these things are going to happen um but yeah he has said that there's going to yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of movements involved. So, from my pr- perspective, and this is what I'm I'm thinking, is that half of the game is going to be the moon. Half the expansion is the moon. How how do you make it the highlight of your expansion and not make it the majority of your content? How how do you have an entire trailer whose premise is the light is no good here? You have to embrace darkness, and then you never embrace darkness. Okay. Sometimes trailers are just cool, Frosty. All right, all right. No, you're cool. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. No, no, no. They could they could do pretty much anything right now. Um, like to a degree, we could even see just like the idea that there's a straight line from Thavnir to Garlemald kind of meandering through other kind of stuff and you know you get there in classic action movie fashion just as his helicopter to the moon lifts off totally pointless journey like yeah they could do anything they could do anything okay okay mm-hmm. uh all right all right so let, let's get to some of these questions I, so i just want to start off with some general stuff here uh of mm-hmm. course a lot of people are curious about the things that we saw in the trailer. So a lot of focus is going to be on the trailer and the showcase here because that's where a lot of new information came from. And you guys have been talking about this for weeks. I'm sure you have the very polished thoughts now, right? You left all the really crappy thoughts on the previous stuff that you did. And now you have all the really polished, great thoughts here. I got plenty of crappy thoughts left. I <laughs> okay. As many as you could need. Okay. 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 Well, let, let's. what was your initial reactions? Let's just go ahead and do that. You guys hopefully it was like wow amazing or was it just like 
Hmm. What did you think about these trailers when you saw them? Like when you from a lore perspective. Okay, from from a lore perspective, the thing that was most like interesting to me was uh, pacing, actually, because coming from like five point four, I it, it was really hard to say when people saying like, "Oh, what do you think is going to happen in six point? I'm like, I don't know. Well, I, I have to see what happens in five point five because we've got these towers that have showed up. We've got uh, Fan Daniel talking about the final days and the Tlofaroy and like you know this this plan that he has, but we have no idea like how quickly that is going to move. It's possible that we could have dealt with the towers entirely like before we get into 6.0 and daniel could be dead before we get into 6.0 um so seeing the trailer basically dealing with the stuff that we've got in front of us right now was really interesting because i, I was like okay so not not all that much is necessarily going to happen between like now and 6.0 but then Yoshida saying, well, 6.0 is going to be like it. Like for the MSQ, we're going to resolve the, the grand story arc we've had over the last 10 years. And 6.1, we're going to start moving on to something else. So I, I, was, I was looking at the trailer and thinking like, okay, we're, we're sort of like slowly building up to like the top of the, the roller coaster, you know? And 6.0 is going to be like this precipice and it is going to be like, there's, there's so much work that's going to have to be done um just in that like you know 30 40 hours of uh of msq um and that was the main thing that really like got the gears turning for me i wasn't terribly surprised like despite all the the memes and everything i wasn't terribly surprised to see the moon because like zodiac right, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know it was gonna we were gonna have to deal with that nonsense um you know, one way or the other. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't terribly su surprised to see Thavnir um, because that was like pretty near, I think, the top of the list. Um, so yeah, from like those beats, um, it wasn't like mind blowing for me, but I was really kind of interested and surprised by again the the implications of the pacing of the story. Did it feel um, good to be like, you? hey, I'm right. Mm -hmm. I know I know my shit. It was like confirmation of that a little bit, maybe. No, because it because it's not really that. It was like again, the trailer was showing stuff that we've already seen for the most part, and the mm -hmm. kind of natural consequences of those things that we've already seen. Mm -hmm. So so not not really. Like I've had that before with patches and with expansions where I've either been like, aha, I knew it, or or I've been like, oh well, that's not what I was expecting at all. Whereas this was more like, yeah, okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Moose, did you have, what was your initial reactions or thoughts? I, like purely initial reactions. Um, I didn't actually go to lore immediately. I, I like, I, I thought of, I tried to look at it like kind of like from a childlike wonder perspective, <laughs> like, oh, this is so cool. This is what I want. Like, um, so the first thought was, of course, oh my God, the madman's finally taking us to the moon. He's joked about it for years. We're finally going. Mm -hmm. Um, then I laughed a little bit because I thought Thavnir was a good possibility in 3.0, and then I thought it was a good possibility in 4.0. Then I thought it was a good possibility in 5.0, so I was like, screw it, 6.0, Thavnir! And now we're finally going, so there was just kind of like some comedy there, but like, no Blitzball content yet, where's my Blitzball? Mm -hmm. So, 
Um, my first real like lore reaction to the trailer uh, was that I don't think we've seen the coolest stuff of the trailer yet. I think there's a lot of stuff missing, especially because they, they went out of their way to show us the map and show us the clouds. I think we're going to see something pretty big in the next trailer. So mm. I'm waiting to see what that is. I want to see what direction we go. Are we like going to pull the pull the whole cover back on Ilzabard and there's lots of stuff there to see? Or are they just going to juke us and jump right to like Charlayan or something? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they could. yes, they are. You think they are? I mean, all of these things. <laughs> so thinking of this, by the way, uh, they're wrapping up the story, he said. All of these, all this lore, all these thoughts, and everything else—they could just like explode all of these things that you've had theories on and ideas, and just throw it all out there at once, and then we just go on to this whole new, fresh thing in 7.0. And so, well, in 6.1, they're they're already going to be, you know, moving on to the the next uh, story arc, at least for the MSQ. Um, I think mm-hmm. that Pandemonium is going to be used, and the the 24 man is probably going to be used to kind of like tie up all, a lot of this stuff um in the same way that like eden did for shadowbringers is like okay you know five point i mean basically from 5.1 we're like all right trying to get back to the the source and kind of like you know get back on track with that but we've still got you know all this like extra um uh, side content to kind of like wrap up this this sort of little narrative arc um so i think yeah i think the eight man i think the 24 man is going to be doing that is going to continue to sort of do that work but yeah 6.1 he said 6.1 is going to be starting a new story arc did he say 6.1 exactly yep mm-hmm. yeah okay okay i thought he was mm-hmm. going to do like 6.3 or something and I, I missed it that's why we were so surprised and again why i was talking about the pacing right because he's been telling us that like we're moving towards it's like wrapping up it's wrapping up and we were thinking all right well maybe you know like 6.3 would make sense like they they kind of shave it off there and then slowly you know 6.4 6.5 6.55 will slowly start like transitioning into the next thing but it's like it's really like it's a little scary honestly yeah it feels almost i'm afraid to say it you know the Mm -hmm. same kind of thoughts that i would i had with game of thrones right Right, but I mean, I it's different that. people in charge. It's different people. Mm-hmm. Different. It's a, it's a scary situation with people we trust in charge, though. Mm-hmm. Just. Mm. Um, this this is going to be a very a very hot take, and I'm probably going to get Ooh, excellent. A lot of, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but you know, now that you mentioned Game of Thrones, uh, I think Ishikawa is a better narrative designer than George R. R. Martin. <laughs> well to be honest with you george rr R. martin wasn't in charge of the final season of game of thrones i would i don't think he was at least i don't know uh, yeah he could have been if he'd like written if like, he read if a book maybe a if book you had for the last 10 years <laughs> oh jeez anyway lay 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 it on me youtube comments i'll take it it's all right you know i i want to mention actually go ahead go ahead Good. All right. I'm actually glad at this went first with a hot take because I felt like I was about to have a hot take moment here. So thank you for taking some of the some of the heat off of me there. Um, <laughs> what I would say about it is I actually think. Um, well, first off, I should say that the reason I like I see Game of Thrones last season the way I do is because so much of George R. R. Martin's writing is the consequences of actions that have been taken previously. The plot serves the characters. Um, where here in the last season, you needed to get to an ending and they had no way to get there. So the plot or the um, 
the characters had to do whatever the plot demanded. It was backwards. So I feel like I feel like we've already had that expansion in 14. That was our Stormblood, where they were taking all of the plot hooks that they wanted to use and tying them all together with whatever story it took to get there. So I think we've gotten that out of the way in 14. Mm, okay. okay, so we don't have to worry about that anymore. Well, like if if we do, I'm sorry, but I've I've got my hopes up. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have a quick tangent because you said something about YouTube comments. Uh, and it's something mm-hmm. I've noticed recently, and I want Twitch chat here to notice too. Uh, there seems to be some kind of war between Twitch chat and YouTube comments. Uh, because <laughs> YouTube comments, they, they were saying, like, we talk shit about YouTube comments every once in a while. But, like, in Twitch chat, in the YouTube comments, there was stuff coming up. It's like, hey, show's great. Just don't look at Twitch chat. Just don't look at it and, you know, ignore that. Pay attention to the show. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want Twitch chat out there to know that YouTube's talking some shit about you. Uh, you can take that for whatever you want, but they were saying that Twitch chat sucked in the in the in the recent YouTube comments. So, anyways, oh anyways, man, yeah, it goes both ways. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, it, it does. It does. You know. Um, okay, so when we were going, and was there like any information in there that you saw, and you're like, okay, this completed this theory. This this makes sense. I I wasn't sure about this, but now you feel more confident after seeing that information from the trailer. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. Um, seeing the um the monsters that Alfino and Alize are fighting, they're they're terminus beasts. Like literally, they are the same models, the same skins as trash mobs in the Amarot dungeon in uh, Emmett Selk's recreation of of the final days. They are monsters that showed up as a result of the end of days. Um, so when Fan Daniel says that he's recreating the final days and that that's what the, the towers seem to be servicing, we can kind of like, I wouldn't say take his word for it, but it does seem very much like that's what's going on, right? Mm, you think he's Fan Daniel's trying to be Emmett Selk in a way? No. 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 no, 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 not, no, not at all. Okay, but okay. I, I do, I do think that um, he is indeed facilitating the, the final, final days. days. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we saw in that cutscene. Uh, not the cutscene, mm. but the, like the main story quest. He was like, "I just want to kill everything. I want to destroy everything. I want it he, the final days. He wanted that to happen." And again, right? Mm, yeah. I, now, I see, I don't, I don't take. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say that. Yeah. I don't take his word for that. I don't take his word for being a nihilist and just wanting to die and wanting everything to die. Um, I don't think he's showed his hand yet um, mm. in any way. But um, yeah, seeing seeing those Terminus Beasts in the trailer, I was like, all right, this is the direction that we're going. And this is consistent, at least with that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Moose? I think it's incredibly brave to trust the monsters that you see in a trailer. You know what? Touche. I, I do. I think that's brave. But if you can build like a good theory on it, like I encourage it. But like after, you know, we had that red big Rice swarm Velger. of red rays, Velgers, and I mean, you know, like Shadowbringers was pretty close with the monsters, but like we never ran into like, you know, attack of the 50 Yalm Karibu. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it comes and it goes in the accuracy department. It might just be the model that they had for that was something close to representing the final days, or it might be we're really seeing the final days. But, um, so this is just like the lore take that I had in terms of what information I felt I gleaned from it was most important. But, like, this goes back to Ethis was saying with the pacing. This cemented for me what they want Xenos to be, what they're building Xenos to be. Because for all I knew, again, he was going to be dead by 5.5. Like, So mm. this really c- cements that the war in Garlemald is going to go pretty bad. And there's a lot of interesting implications there because we know the big potster right there is Nerva right now. And that's Xenos's cousin, Titus's son, and he's funded by House Brutus. So you know that the Populares are not in good shape right now. We know that most of that's probably going to be out of the way by the time we get there. We got Howl's murder castle in the center of any everything with Zeno on <laughs> Zenos on the throne. So we know that they're kind of building up their own Sephiroth in a way. Um, so it just really cemented for me that that's what they've committed to. This is what's going to happen. Um, there's a reason all of this has been in place in Stormblood, and it's going to be the focus. It's not a plot point on the way there. It's the focus. Okay. And sorry, everybody, for a little bit of lag stuff going on there. I check it. I can't see any reason why. It's probably just because American Internet shit. Um, but it, it's, it, it seems to smooth out. Refresh if you need to. But I think think we're good. Uh, sorry, Moose. <laughs> to follow that up with Internet issues. Uh, but, I mean, it, it is good. I, I don't know. I, I feel... I feel the big thing when I saw the trailer is when I saw Xenos again, I was pretty much like, I don't care. I, I, I like he doesn't inspire any interest for me story wise anymore. Uh, okay. I don't know if that because I felt like he was done. Like when he cut his throat at the end, I was like, all right, that's pretty hardcore. He's done. I don't have to worry about him. Uh, it, it's it's a really crazy hardcore end. I stick to it. Then he just kind of came back later, and mm. I, I I don't know. It's hard for me to get attached to him. How do you feel about Fun Daniel then? I feel like he's kind of stupid. I thought I was done with him too, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is me going from, and I'm sorry, everybody watching this for like the deep lore and the serious like understanding of characters and people who have good opinions on stuff like this. That's not me. I bring people on to put me in my place uh, or to discuss my my thought from a casual perspective. But yeah, when I saw Fan mm-hmm. Daniel, he, uh, I don't know, like his storyline uh, in Stormblood, I was like. I'm good with him being gone, but for some reason we, you know, we want it to. He's he's a, a scion or whatever, right? He's taken over. I don't yeah, need to see him anymore. I, right. I, I was done with his face. <laughs> I didn't need to see his. Face oh, I agree anymore. with that. I agree with that. Uh, Look, neither. I don't think either of us are going to put you in your place. I think we probably both agree with you that so far they have both been like fairly two dimensional characters, right? Moose. Yeah. So I'm... far. I, for some reason, now that I'm like here talking about it, I feel the need to play devil's advocate against myself. <laughs> I have spent, 
I have spent since Stormblood saying, why is Xenos still alive? Why is it? Why is the best thing for the story that it's Xenos? We could have any other mm -hmm. character with similar powers playing the similar wild card role, and why not? Mm -hmm. Well, why is it not better to have a fresh character with a cool design doing this stuff when his death was so perfect? Like, what does mm -hmm. this bring to the story? And now that we're here, I'm sitting here thinking like. Well, why not? Give them a chance. Let's see what happens. If they can make if they can make the Asians interesting and well characterized in the ending, anybody yep. can be fixed. There is no, you know, like they can do this. They can pull this off. It's just will they? And I'm wondering how they're going to do it. Um, but the thing that gets me is that like Xenos is most interesting when he is like actively being a wild card, wandering around, doing stuff. And for a while he's just been sitting in a chair talking to Fan Daniel. And that's not where Xenos is interesting. So I'm excited to see him get mm -hmm. up again. That's one thing. And I'm with Ethis entirely on that. I don't think Van Daniel is telling the truth about his motivations at all. I think he's got a completely different plan. Um, in terms of what it is, just based on what we've seen so far, I tend to stick to what like what precedent would tell us. I think he thinks he knows better what Zodiac wants than the originals did. That he wants to be oh. Zodiac's... He's got a better idea. He he knows what Zodiac's really after. He's going to be his new right-hand man. They're going to be BFFs. Um, but that's also kind of what we'd expect. So maybe they wouldn't go in that direction at all. Maybe that's not the coolest thing to do. Um, can I can I put my tinfoil hat on for a moment while, nice. we're, while we're doing this? Because I'd love Ancient to hear Alec this. Um, Let's go. Oh, no, we're going we're going way further than that. Oh, okay. Way, way further than Ancient Alligans. Because um, I'd like to get Mrs. Tag on this. I'm also working on precedent, but I'm working on a completely different precedent. I'm working on like a franchise-wide precedent, if you will. Um, Zodiac was designed to rewrite the laws of, of the star, the laws of existence, whatever the heck that means, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the Asians used that to reestablish their... Um, uh, their kind of MO, basically, to make things the, the way they were, to make sure that they stayed on top and everything was good and everything was the way it was. But I, I don't think they necessarily had to do that. Like, if Zodiac had powers like that, great, that he could rewrite the laws of existence, surely you could do something a lot more dramatic than what they actually did, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't, I, can't, I can't help but wonder that for Fan Daniel the summoning of Zodiac is just a means to an end. And that end is not the same end as it was for the other Asians. Um, and again, if we're working on precedent, pretty much every antagonist in the Final Fantasy franchise has wanted to become God, right? right. Has wanted to like put themselves on top of the food chain. Um, and I can't help but wonder if uh, Daniel doesn't have similar aspirations. And you're asking for my take on that? Yeah. yeah if you have it. Yeah. See, I like I'll rapidly process all the information real quick. I think it's on the list of possibilities for sure. Um mm. that it would be something we haven't seen yet in this story and doesn't follow precedent and might be sort of a swerve. Um and that's just why I didn't go there first. Um we know like that. They made a big deal out of Elidibus withdrawing himself from Zodiac 
but they also said mm. that Zodiac created an Elidibus primal. So we don't really know what's inside of Zodiac, if there's anything in control of Zodiac right now. And if there's not, who's going to take over? Is it is it really going to be Xenos taking over? Is it going to be Fandaniel trying to swerve it in at the last second? Um, are they going to try to... Um, use as you say zodiac for their own ends or is he as some implications say still tempered we don't know that part yet we don't know how far the tempering goes into the sundered for sure we got some hints both mm. ways um so i think it's like one of many things that they could do with the story yeah and i do expect at some point we're gonna see some character try to become that like i'm gonna you know reboot the world in my image god figure okay okay mm um yeah okay well let's 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 take take this in for i have put that off the side for the moment okay. um but um I, I guess going back to the question of xenos and fan daniel i absolutely agree with moose that like while frosty you're right and looking at them you know might not inspire a great deal of sort of confidence or, or excitement based on what they've been so far there is the fact that ishikawa and her team did like such a heck and good job of making the Asians interesting, um, where before they were kind of not particularly. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm excited to see how they're going to pull it off. Like I have faith that they're going to pull that off as Xenos and Fandano. And I'm excited mm -hmm. to see how they do so. I think so too. I mean, I do have trust that that, that can happen. And I have po positive outlook towards what the story could be. Uh, mm -hmm. so I'm not really, uh, doubting that it's just right now it's hard. I can't visualize it in my head, the great story that's going to happen because it's not, I can't see the possibilities of it just yet, but she can, I'm sure she can. Uh, yeah. and so I, I will, I'm love, I would love to see what she can do with it. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I'm playing devil's advocate against myself. I'm I'm sitting here with the same anxieties and same questions. Like I'm I brought all of this stuff up in my own head. Like why Xenos? Why are we doing this? Is he even like is he worthy of being the big bad of the storyline? Like this is the end of Heidelin and Zodiac, and we're gonna give it to Xenos and Fan Daniel and Asahi's <laughs> body. Like why? So well, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, but I'm playing devil's advocate against myself. I think she can do it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think she can do it. And and I think that like them being the big baddies is I mean, all we can say at the moment is that that's what we're being led to think. That's true. And we know there's gonna be a subversion in there. We don't know where it's gonna so, be, we don't know what it's gonna be, but let's let's go there's back to be a twist. Let's go back to FanFest twenty eighteen. Uh and they were dis maybe okay. it was twenty nineteen. I don't know if it was EU or NA, but they were displaying the the bad guys for mm. uh the expansion. And who did we get? We got uh, Rafkik, what, what was his name? Is sorry for the R. <laughs> I can't remember what his name was. I know sorry with an R. Uh, you talking about Ranjit? Ranjit, Ranjit. There we go, Ranjit. Uh, Rafiki. Yeah, Rafiki. I, I can't. Uh, <laughs> Ranjit. Uh, so I'm so sorry. I feel like I have to constantly <laughs> sorry because I'm just dashing this. But yeah, him. And then we got. Uh, uh, God, now I can't remember the other dude's name. Uh, Emmett Selk? No, we didn't get Emmett Selk. We got the... Are you talking uh, about three? Fall Fall three? Yeah, yeah. Fall three. They, they announced those two as the mm -hmm. main... Like, here's our bad guys. Uh, mm -hmm. And so 
even though we're seeing Fandaniel and Xenos, I can see them going in this right direction and bringing another Imixelk type thing that kind of comes up in the background. Maybe. I don't know. Well, maybe. They'll just, they're part of it, but they're not the main part of it. Maybe Zodiac. Actually, Zodiac is the, the main bad guy in the background, and he's playing Xenos, and he's playing everyone else somehow. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. For all I know, we're going to have some kind of antagonist force in Thavnir that we've got to get through first. Like, they could put some negativity there, for all we know. Like, we have no mm -hmm. idea what's coming. I, I still think we haven't seen the half of it in that trailer yet. Yeah. No, of course not. I really Very... don't. Yeah. Uh, so... I... I didn't know, watching this the first time, I, I don't think I actually knew that they were doing a fan fest. I thought, oh, this is their, their makeup for fan fest, was this one event. And so I thought everything was going to be laid out here. And so after I saw a trailer, I was like, it feels like something's missing. <laughs> like, we just don't really got it all here. Um, but they're going to do the same thing with Stormblood, right? That Or well, what they did with Stormblood, where they show us this, and they're like, oh, wow, crazy. And then they show us a completely different continent and a different job immediately at the beginning. Like, editors could throw it in and splice it all together and make that full trailer. Oh, yeah, we've absolutely only seen, like, half the trailer, if that. Yeah. Um, all right, so real quick before we start getting into the frosty questions so you can think about lore stuff, I want to ask you personally, there's been a lot of talk about the lore and everything since this trailer has happened. What things... Are people not talking about that you think are worth talking about? Hmm. Is that too big of a question? A little too broad? I'm not sure what... Uh, listen, to be perfectly honest, I'm not sure what people are and aren't talking about. All I know is what I'm talking about <laughs> and what, like, <laughs> what my little like circle jerk community <laughs> is talking about. Okay. I have no idea. And we're, to we're talking about everything. We're, we're like absolutely overthinking and dissecting absolutely everything because you know we've got we've got so little information so far and we are so hungry that we are literally going through like frame by frame when we're like oh, that's 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 got to be a scythe right you can see like the like the kind of the hook and there's like a little spike down there next to the throne that's got to be the tip of it right so i think we're talking about everything i don't know if there's anything that's um that we've missed what, what about you miss is there something that you think people have missed i don't know about missed because i think between everybody that i've read like everyone has brought up something like every, it's everything mm -hmm. from like how does mahawk tie into this to like how's this going to reveal orshvan's resurrection like everyone has said something at least once right no no so i feel like no. a couple things are underrepresented in the crazy bucket maybe um <laughs> Okay. I Wait, think what's that about? What's that about Oshifar? Have you actually I just, been here? I just like pulled something random and unlikely. Okay. I mean, keep going. So, no, 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 no. Yeah. No. This is no. This is it. This really? is finally the patch where Oshifar comes back as uh, Ixion. How how, how would you? Feel? Did you remember that? What? Okay. You remember that? Okay, so back when Orshvan first died, there was a theory that because of the house on the sigil of House for Tom and the whole unicorn imagery, that his resurrection was going to be as a primal, and we'd have to kill Ixion as Orshvan centaur, and it was like... <laughs> <laughs> 
this this gained a lot of ground for a month man this is one of my favorite right, like random com- okay show. but anyway anyway new idea for a show we're gonna you're gonna get all these fucking crazy theories and we're gonna have a show that just says ancient whatever elegance right the crazy thing and we're just gonna talk about all this fucking shit because there's a lot of there's a lot of really good conspiracy theories we never got to talk about. But in all in all seriousness, I think everybody has touched on. We've touched on the possible connections to Maha. We've touched upon the presence of Silver Tear Lake. We've touched upon the Telephori. Um, we've made a lot of jokes about how is Koji going to tie the Lambs of Dalamut into the Telephori. Um, the three things I think are kind of upper, uh, underrepresented in this discussion is, number one... Um, Xenos was referred to by Fan Daniel as, quote, having it all in italics. They wanted to call attention mm-hmm. to it. In Japanese, he refers to him as, quote, being the possessor in quotes. They wanted to call attention to it. So we're not, I, I don't see a lot of attempt to figure out what that means right now. What Emmett Selk figured out, what Emmett Selk did. Um, I think it's pretty clear that in order for this story to end, we're going to have to focus on Vana and probably the 12. No, I don't see a lot of discussion about that. A little bit, but not a lot. And lastly, I see absolutely no discussion aside from myself about what the hell is the floating continent next to Garlemald on the map? <laughs> I've seen, I've Are we gonna ta- is anybody going to talk about this? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. What, what is the floating continent? What was your theory, Moose? Do you have one? I don't know. Dark Tulia? I have no idea what that is. Yeah. But, like, nobody's asking either. Like, It's true. It's true. I there's, mean, like, this big... Oh, I, someone's saying, is that not an airship? There is an airship. Hold on. Let me look at the map and make sure that the big floating about. thing... Yeah, there's, like, there's this right. big Final Fantasy Eleven sky-looking thing in black, mm-hmm. and no one's talking about it. And I'm just like, so are we ignoring it, like, due to some social contract? Or So, yeah, I want to I wanna know what the hell that is. You know, maybe it just look cool, and they're just like, put it on there. Just throw it on there. It'll look real cool on there. Yeah, it could be. It could be like the weird, like sea serpent at the bottom, and the ships from the country that doesn't exist. It could be nothing, but like, are we... <laughs> hello? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's there. It is. It is. All right. So, it, you got maybe a few things from there. Maybe not things that, uh, not necessarily filling holes, but maybe creating new theories with big holes inside them like a floating floating continent out over Garlemald. Yeah. yeah just give me Permevian already give me like a purple Permevian to hang out in and i'll be happy like this is just a triple a game yeah yeah triple i mean it is true <laughs> you know it is a triple a game um all right so talking about that uh and i don't know if i put these in any order if i just threw these fucking things on a piece of paper uh and so it makes no sense logically going from one point to another but I'm going to start off just looking at this logo that we saw kind of at the end. Uh, and it, there is a Star Destroyer on the <laughs> logo that is crashing into the moon. Uh, um, is, is that an elegant Star Destroyer? Um, Probably. Yeah. I mean, it certainly, it certainly looks like a, a Ragnarok, doesn't it, Moose? That's like uh, in my little outline here. I have four bullets. One is like the shrug emoji. Um, <laughs> one is Howl's murder castle. What, mm-hmm. Like somehow the <laughs> castle ends up being a spaceship. So it's like a Garlean Mahai Ragnarok H.R. Yeah. Giger's pleasure boat. I think someone called <laughs> part of it. <laughs> which, 
HR Giger's pleasure boat is going to be stuck in my head for the rest of time now. Um, is that an oxymoron? Something Elegon. Um, okay. Some kind of weird, like, moon-related monolith we haven't seen yet. I have literally no idea what that is. Uh, I think, the like, if I were to guess, based on just what we know, as if that was all we could know, I would say it's somehow the castle finding its way to the moon. Um, but... I really, I have no idea what the hell that thing is. It could, it could be the Allegons coming back from deep space for all I know. <laughs> I think, I think Moose is about right. I, I think it's either representative of that tower in Garlemald, the big, you know, command tower, whatever we want to call it, or else it is, you know, representative of one of the Allegon uh, Ragnaroks. Either one that is. <laughs> Again, we, we've been entertaining this idea for, for like such a long time, you know, like since ARR, we're like, we've known that Alig had a space program and we were like, well, how do we know there aren't some up there then that survived? You know, maybe there was a ship out there and they like crashed into the moon and that's like, you know, where they ended up. There's some sort of, um, I, I guess, like derivative of Allegan civilization up there somehow. Um <laughs> Moose it would that. certainly make it would certainly make the zone a little more interesting. Yeah. Um, I, another kind of idea is going around is like, oh well, maybe to get to the moon, we you know get the ironworks to like fix up one of the Ragnaroks that kind of flew out of Dalamud and crashed into Eorzea. Um, yeah, it's like any any number of things that it could be, but um, certainly some possibilities. For all for all I know, it's like where the remnants of the humans from the near storyline are. Like that's how they got to the moon. <laughs> oh please, no please. Could just you, I had to, sorry, I had to bring up Yoko Taro just for. Could, could you? Imagine you didn't have to. If they like end off like the alliance raid, and they're like, guys, this is going to be oh. a major part. Just let you know, near is now part of Final Fantasy fourteen. We're we're merging the universes here, and it's now, you know, we're going to deal with all the. Uh, mankind uh stuff on the moon here which is the same moon that near had to deal with before yeah let's do it let's do it you know next question <laughs> okay 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 uh so once we get to the moon all right so we take this giant starship destroyer to the moon we we plunge into its eye like a like you know that rocket from that movie uh, that original movie from so long ago. Uh, what what is what can I even expect the moon to be like? So when mm. we think moon, we think giant ball of moon dust, and that's it. And that's all we've been shown. We haven't been even given a glimpse of what. Have am I wrong? I mean, that's all we've been shown on the the, the trailer. Yeah, officially, there's officially there's one thing we've unofficially been shown. We have. Yeah. Oh, what's oh, yeah. that? Okay. Since Moose has opened that can, I don't Yeah, have Moose, to. you, you start, start talking about that. So I don't know. I've that? never seen anything unofficial. What are you I've, talking about? I heard a rumor from a guy who knows a guy who has oh. not me. Oh, never, okay. I don't I don't know anything. Um mm -hmm. that if you look very closely at one of the cutscenes, you'll notice that what you can see is a very broken Zodiac statue that is sitting in the middle of a very large sigil of Zodiac, just like in the middle of the moon where Elidibus was standing. Mm. And that's the only other thing we've seen of, like, officially, unofficially. Okay, okay. 
a good solid rumor is possibly yeah we'll go with that we'll go with that um so zodiac big giant you know statue trying to worship zodiac and everything on the moon i guess that makes sense oh it's a little more than that is it more than that it's probably a little more than that so we we used to think until like quite recently that um all of these like esoteric sort of euphemistic descriptions that were given to us by Heidelin, by the word of the mother were um metaphorical Okay. And it seems more and more that they're literal and that when Heidelin describes Zodiac as being a moon bound, he may literally be that. And the moon may literally be like Zodiac's corpse or where his where his soul, where his essence, where his crystal, his core, however you want to describe it where it might actually like physically be mm. and what we're seeing like that that hole we're seeing in the in the logo that might be representative of like the chunk that got scooped out of the planet in the sundering and tossed off into space and that's you know literally mm. like zodiac was made to be the will of the planet was probably sitting at the center of the planet somewhere and now Heinlein's there and was just like all right you're you're off you're in space <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I, I mean you know in the Amarot dungeon like you look up you don't see a you don't see a moon it's not there it wasn't there at least you know Emmett Selk didn't figure to like put it into his simulation true um so yeah the, the moon the moon has some importance that's all that we can say for certain but it's likely that it is like literally Zodiac. That we're just going to be walking around on Zodiac. I mean, uh, in, the, in the same way that we're walking around on Heidelin now. Okay. I've made a couple of references to this over the years, kind of vaguely. Um, but do you remember the Burning Heart, like where we fought Bahamut? Mm -hmm. like we would go into the crystal and inside of the crystal there was another version of him and like you could see out yeah that whole thing i was started imagining what would it be like if it was zodiacs um because the, a lot of the same design motifs that they used for the inside of the burning heart were used for the inside of the chrysalis and was it just Ooh. recycling or was it a clue so on our planet if you dig into the planet you end up in the ethereal sea and in the ethereal sea is hydalin so what if the moon is exactly the opposite a dead version of that where if you like uh dug into the moon you would find kind of the rift where zodiac was imprisoned and the father crystal and inside of that's the chrysalis like we don't know um so i i, I fully expect something similar that it's a little more literal than we think um, I really love the idea that it's really a chunk of the planet, that there's some kind of Amaratine ruins out there because what really happened was Zydala or um Heidelin just like drop kicked Zodiac through Silver Tier Lake, and that's what Silver Tier Lake is, a massive wound in the planet from where she kicked him out. Um but yeah, like I, I do think it's a little more literal than we're than we're expecting. Yeah. I mean the sundering was literal. Okay. And it, it would certainly like, you know, fit as being part of that and i mean we do have like precedent like the burn is this you know big dead space of land where the allegans you know like scooped out part of the planet tossed it off into the atmosphere and cauterized it um 
yeah, that's again, we don't we don't know for certain, but um, the answer the answers are up there. Do you think that we're going to be seeing like Amarat citizens up there? No, okay, I don't. I, I don't I would be surprised I would be very very surprised what about um, like ghosts or holograms sure no. yeah Amartine, <laughs> Amartine ruins Amartine holograms you know more like like Emmett Selk's kind of recreation something like that sure um Allegan survivors of a Ragnarok ship that crashed there and got stranded and have now become like Zodiac cultists to, to like maintain the shrines and ruins. Maybe. I don't know. They got to put something up there, right? Now you've, you just implanted, you just implanted an idea of my head of like Hummingways just like happily living in the ruins of an Amaratian civilization. And there's like, um holograms everywhere that they talk to i like that too much i'm not gonna be able to let that go damn it you know i was just hoping they would just go super like left field like out of nowhere just like space frogs or something just up there just like just something goofy and weird that makes no sense and it's just it's there gotcha you know you thought you were gonna get a chemist but really you got a robot funnel user for your healer uh i mean the hummingway is like pretty left field all right explain the humming way a little bit to me for some reason i feel like i'm drawing the humming way hemingway they're, they're like a rabbit oh like yeah little... the the like naming way like but not the naming yeah. way like a, okay no naming way is one of them okay, okay yeah yeah his tribes on the moon yeah so that's kind of wouldn't they just what fly off you the should moon have when they jumped I mean, uh, they, they got some good hops right yeah, you have to have very good hops. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. You have to have pretty damn good hops. But yeah, so so Yoshida was saying, you know, it's going to be another beast tribe and he was going, maybe maybe it's on the moon. I don't know. He was <laughs> he was implying that it may or may not be on the moon and people were immediately like it's on the moon. It's got to be what it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh so we'll see. So I, I, I'm going to go on this just a little bit longer here. Not too much longer, mm -hmm. uh, but um, if you lived on the moon, mm. what, what would your whole, like, you got to get food. You got to get, yeah. like, all kinds of stuff. Are they growing crops on the moon? I mean, it's... who's they, Who's got to get food? I don't know. Whoever's up there, I assume they eat. Maybe they don't. Well, the Asians don't need to get food. So you think, so uh, Asians, okay. Uh, that's the one example. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I'm just saying, we don't, rock, we don't know what's up there. We don't know how don't eat get food, I guess. No. Uh, they eat rocks. I think if you, if you come up with the way that something is alive there in the first place, you've answered your own question about where their food is coming from. Like if there's a hidden, if there's a hidden base under the surface of the moon, they've got like a biodome in there where they're like growing vegetables, you know, okay. the Martian style. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, with potatoes and pooping on them and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Matt Damon's out there. No. Oh God. If we see Matt Damon, I'm going to be, I'm quitting the game. I, I fully anticipate something is going to be up there because Yoshida's first, again, like it all goes back to those jokes Yoshida's made over the years. One of the first jokes he made to us was, well, if we, if we went to the moon, who'd give you your side quests? I have to put side quests there, right? So I fully expect something to be there. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. But I, I like, I like Hummingways. So that's my shit post for today. Like, okay. Okay. 
Uh, Some people prefer like the the poo from Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> the what? The poo? Yeah, the poo. The poo poo. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. I don't. I don't know. Was there a poo? In eight? is, is Chad gonna back me up on this, or am I wrong? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's going on. I... The little. The little blue things. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, okay. I thought I'm you were talking sure about something else. Yep. Uh, I thank you. No, they're good. We're good. Let's go on to this next question about Sage here. Uh, mm. It's been so long, man. I haven't played eight in like over <laughs> two decades. All right. It's been 20 years or so since I've played eight. So give me a little bit of a break on it. Um, so let's just, let's talk about Sage. Let's talk about Sage. We got the funnels. We talk about everything. Just out of curiosity, with all the vast lore and everything else that you guys had for what possibly could be the healer, the Sage Mm -hmm. lead from any of it? Is there any little bit that's like, oh, that makes sense? Oh my God, it's a chipmunk. I was waiting for it. There it is. The chipmunk. There he is. (laughs) There it is. I don't know what happened, Moose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, I'll let uh, this go top, first here. Top production quality. Yeah. Um, look, Yoshida has kind of already said in the couple of interviews that he's had about it is that he like very deliberately made it something that people weren't going to expect. Um, at least like with the, the Norliths, you know, he wanted to have it being like completely different from any hill that had ever been in uh in the final fantasy franchise before he was thinking like well any other healer is probably just going to be using you know like like some kind of staff it's just going to end up looking like a conjurer like a white mage like how do we make it kind of look and feel different and then people coming up with this idea of like oh well what if we have a weapon that you know the the user like controls magically and that's when they kind of went in that direction with the norths so so for that that was very surprising to me um as for um i guess Again, you've got written in the the notes here, and if Garlean, why again? And people, I don't know if people are jumping on that, if people are thinking that it's Garlean. To me, it's like almost self-evident that it's of Charlian design. Okay, okay. And and at least with the title, like we don't have any like capital S sages, um, like like you know, sort of disciple of magic Mm -hmm. sages, um in Charlian, but we've got a lot of sages, like a lot of, lot of like little S sages. We've got a lot of references to people that are described as, as sages. Mm-hmm. Um, sage as, as a title is basically synonymous with, with Archon, right? Like when you get your, your Archon tattoo, as we describe it, that infers the title of sage, but in the same way that in 14, there's a difference between a scholar and a scholar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Moonbreeder is a scholar that ha- just happens to have an axe. You know, um, Sage is kind of she the same. Yeah, she was. She she invented White Oricide and the Ethereal Siphon. She was a, she's a great scholar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think Sage Sage is kind of the same, right? Mm-hmm. Is that we've seen like in Charlian law a lot of references to to sages specifically like that term. Okay. Um, and I, I wonder now if they're not going to like take this job and apply it to them or 
if the, it's going to be more like, okay, this is just like kind of like machinist in Ishgard is like, okay, there's, this is just like this new thing, like this new job that Charlian has kind of invented recently based on, you know, various things. Right. Okay. So real quick, I'm going to say my complete theory of where it came from and everything is siding with everything you mm -hmm. said right now and not my previous understanding. I will defend my previous understanding a little bit, but Moose, if you are you still a chipmunk? Check one, two. No, you're good, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Okay, let me know when that happens. Okay. I have, we, we have yet to isolate the cause of this random chipmunkification. <laughs> um, so yeah, I he nailed it. He nailed it. I think they were trying to come up with something new because nothing else quite fit, and they were going to go all new, try to figure out exactly what they should do. Um, and somebody just threw out Gundam funnels, and they were like, yeah! <laughs> so like... I could go that route, or I could go the route that, like, we called Gun Healer in 3.0. What are you talking about? Did we? Yeah, I mean, we did, you know, we were thinking, like, chemist with a with a gun. And I guess this is kind of, I mean, they are kind of guns. Like, they're shooting lasers. Yeah, they're shooting something. I'll give you that. They're shooting something. They're shooting something. Definitely shooting something. Yeah. Um, look, I, I'm not surprised that people are looking at it and they're thinking Garlean because it, it does seem like vaguely sort of, you know, Magitech. Um, and we've gotten the confirmation that we're going to Garlean. We haven't gotten the confirmation that we're going to Charlian. I'm pretty right. sure we are. I'm pretty, pretty heckin' confident that we are. We haven't got that confirmation yet. Um, what we do have, though, is like the design of the Norths themselves are extremely evocative of Charlian design and other like, you know, Charlian gear that we've seen. Um, and secondly, like the the little job teaser they did this in the Gabal library, you know, they're standing. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I double took when I first saw that. I was like, oh crap is that is that like any like an internal shot of garlic uh, of garlic of uh of charlian somewhere are we seeing you know the the first like images of that and then you know looking back it became like very obvious that no that was from gabor hard mode they just kind of like slapped them in uh, a couple of different rooms finding like this new mold that they designed and um I mean whatever but you know there is a straight line between yeah. Sage and Shalian. You know me. I I usually rely on what we can say we know, and mm -hmm. then things we can infer based on precedent, and then wild possibilities. But I like to lean close to what we know in precedent at first. And I think that they would have used a different word if it wasn't Charlian, probably, because there is so mm -hmm. deep of an association between Sage, uh, Kenja, and Charlian. So, like, to mm -hmm. use that word and not have it relate to Charlian is not impossible, but I think a little improbable if we were going to make a first guess. Yeah. Mm, okay, so me being Scrub that skips handful of cutscenes and everything else... I think robots, and I think Garlemald, right? And so, which is fair. That's why my relation went there. And I think if anyone mm -hmm. is dumb and confused like me, it's because of that. Um, <laughs> the Charlian thing, what you said, makes one hundred percent. Like I cannot even. Um, if someone says, "Oh, it's Garlemald," I'll be like, "You're a fucking idiot. You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know how this is linked to Charlian stuff." So I'm I'm kind of on that board right now. Past Frosty uh -huh. doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, uh but absolutely uh it, it that makes perfect sense to me now i i just thought they were like oh cool robots we're going to go let's get some robot stuff in there throw it on it 
yeah, now we can, you know, they found ways to shoot healing or potions in the people, and that, that's what we're doing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, okay, so let's, let's do this. Let's jump to another thing that's standing out. Not just, okay. you know, in our minds, but on the planet itself, towers are rising up everywhere. And I think mm -hmm. we saw inside a tower, that's our assumption, when fan Daniel, oh, yeah, Daniel Man, he went up the elevator and talked to Xenos Man. And we're assuming that they... All right, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm really weird. When I saw that, I know what it's related to in, a bit in Final Fantasy XIV, but I just my mind jumped completely to this off-tangent movie that only maybe a lot of people haven't even seen because it's a little old and dated. It's Event Horizon. Oh, um, yeah, that's... Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. And so the crazy demon hell world that they went to, for some reason, when I saw all that architecture all i thought was crazy demon hell world and event horizon popped into my head uh and so i don't know uh, isn't that uh what was it mock is it what's the name mock is that right is that the architecture type that looks kind of like demon hell world stuff mm -hmm. is that so is that what we're assuming with these towers no, that's not what we're assuming. <laughs> oh, okay. um, we are, is a strong word. <laughs> we are noticing that it's certainly like evocative of that. Um, okay. We were looking at the locations that they were showing up in 5.4 and trying to draw some association. Mm, okay. um, Moose, what, what, was, what was your take on this? And, and okay, first of all, um, I know some people say Mark. I know some people say Mahach. Right, I think Koji I says say it, the latter, doesn't he? I say it different every time, because mm -hmm. um, if you go by the katakana and go by what it said in game, I don't, I don't remember ever hearing it in game. We might have, and I just forgot. No, but like, never. Nowhere is the it first, ever said aloud. The first time I read it, I said mahawk, mm -hmm. and then based on the katakana, I've heard other people saying maha, and then I just pick one at random every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so real quick okay. before we dive too much into it i don't know it very well but could you explain mm -hmm. to everybody what mahak is black mages just black they mages. were yeah the, the war of the magi um so the fifth astral era which is the era before the obviously the sixth astral era is where all like the contemporary nation states they they kind of like built up right uh that's what ended five years ago um uh, yeah, so, you know, you had white mages versus black mages. Black mages were bad. They summoned void scent. They used void scent as batteries. Like, um, void scent have a lot of ether in them, at least the more powerful ones. And they put them in these coffins and used them as a, as fuel cells, as a power source, as batteries, right? Um, and the reason, presumably, why, um, their architecture, particularly in the void arc, looks the way that it does looks really like organic and geiger-esque is because the the construction is being fueled by void set right hmm. which is That's, from um, a planet that was completely blasted and had a flood of darkness on it right 
Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's from okay. one of the shards that got messed up by a flood of darkness. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, the, the void scent, there used to be people or creatures that were, you know, normal, like, you know, looking like we do on the source, uh, that were native to that place, but they got transformed as a result of the flood of darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, so the towers, um, what my sort of intuition is telling me is that they look the same because they're of the same aspect, right? Is that they're, you know, they're, they're aligned to, to darkness, to astral, however you want to describe it is like the Asians and Zodiac are kind of of that same polarity as all of the void scent nonsense. Right. Mm. So it could be that they're like literally mock technology that's been, you know, used there in some way. Um, but you know, Asians, they have this kind of like proclivity to use void scent, um, to use like dark magics. Um, and it's just like, it's going to look more or less the same, isn't it? Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. Moose, anything else to throw in there? No, I ended up in pretty much the same place. Um, when it comes to... Mahawk, uh, I'll call it Mahawk for now. Okay. Um, there were 12 cities originally, and it eventually came down to two empires and then Nim off in the corner just trying to survive. But like as the black mages turned to Void Scent and the white mages turned to Golem construction, it really took on that theme of like angelic light and demonic dark. And when you go to the demonic dark side, you end up with a lot of that again, H.R. Giger-esque kind of biomechanical architecture. And when I first saw the towers, the first place my mind went, well, it's kind of Mahak, but the color's wrong and it's not quite right. They don't do straight lines. They don't do symmetry as much. And it kind of looks like Garlemald, but they don't really go bioorganic very much. And then we see Fan Daniel using them and it's like, oh, maybe that's the connection. Maybe that's the connection of bringing the demonic themes, the Asian themes, the Garlean themes all together. Mm -hmm. But is there a direct connection to Mahak? We don't know. Okay, okay. I mean, it would make sense, uh, but um, I don't know. The whole thing just seems... Whatever. It looks cool. I think that's where, where we're going. It looks cool. <laughs> I think that's probably where they're at, too. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's probably what it is. Uh, so, the the thing that I was going to talk about... And guys, I didn't remember Fan Daniel's name when I was writing a note, so I apologize for what I put in there as his name. I just... I was like... What what was it? You're not sorry. I'm not really sorry. But Van Daniel, he uh we, we kinda talked about this already. Um he, he wants to destroy everything, but maybe he doesn't want to destroy everything. So I feel mm. like we can probably skip over that question, unless if you guys wanted to go a little bit more into Fan Daniel and his insanity. Or you know what? Do you have any reason outside of just the belief that he doesn't really want to destroy everything? Um, I don't see a motivation for him to, to want to do that. Um, and the idea of like the villain, I, I don't know, like the idea of the villain just being like, Hey, what's up? I'm here. It's me, Fandaniel. Nice to meet you. I want to die. Um, there's got to be more to his character arc than that. Okay. You know, for me, the timing is wrong. Mm hmm. 
his his timing speaks to different motivations. Um, mm. If it was just, hi, I'm Fan Daniel and I want to die, he would have started moving pretty much immediately at the cusp of being free. And he would have done it in a way that best enabled him to do that. But that's not what we saw. We saw him coming in disguise, more or less, to Xenos the instant that Xenos starts gunning for Zodiac. Why is he only interested in specifically Xenos when specifically Xenos is moving on specifically Zodiac? Is it just because that's why they wrote the plot? Like, they just kind of synced these people up in the plot that way? But I think he has a motivation for picking that time in that way. Um, and if it's not that, then teaming a completely, like, boring nihilist, I want to die villain up with a completely boring life isn't worth living if I can't fight my friend character, it's not a very interesting dynamic for the duo either. So I have to assume there's something more because I have to assume they wrote a good story. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Uh... So let, let's go away from the moon stuff for just a little bit. Um, okay. Let's let's talk about uh, Thavnir. Did I say that one right? Yeah. Yeah. Thavnir. All right. I got one. One out of a billion. All right. So Thavnir is kind of this new area. It seems kind of colorful. Uh, mm. Some people compared it to Brazil a little bit. Some people compared it to India. Okay. Yeah. The, you know, different different thoughts about kind of mm. the relation towards real world stuff um mm -hmm. you you always thought we were going there for someone like me who might not see that as clearly why why do you think that we're going to favnir why was it such a prevalent thing over the last four expansions well i thought we were going there because they've been talking about it since 1.0 sim sim simple as that they've right been like talking you know, about it in the storyline or they've been talking about it on like, yeah. panels okay no they've been they've been talking like it's been mentioned in game and has been like referenced in game since 1.0 and like you don't start like seeding a location and name dropping a location if you don't like at least have it on the cards if the game goes long enough you're going to end up there eventually um okay it's just been on the list um as for um why it kind of looks the way it did yeah we we've gotten like a lot of um mixed messages and mixed directions about like the potential real world influences of Thavnir and Radzat Han, like over uh, the period that they've sort of been exploring that culture. Um, but generally, I, I mean, okay, the, mo the most important thing we know about Thavnir is that it is uh, centralized, it is um, seemingly equatorial, um, it is neutral with Garlemalt, um, and it has like trade relationships with pretty much everywhere and everyone in the world it, it is like between the three great continents it's this kind of central trade hub um and as a result it has kind of gotten influence from uh, the sort of like like middle eastern aesthetic that we're seeing in southern ilzabad the eorzean aesthetic the far eastern aesthetic is all kind of like melting together in this one place and has been for thousands of years um they were saying in the showcase that the the radzat han state has been around for thousands of years um which if we are to take that literally it means it's much older than any of the states in eorzea and most other you know places in the world um 
And uh, I think I think Yoshida literally said in the showcase that it had survived like previous Umbral eras. So at least like at least it's going to be um, have been around since the time of like Amdapar and Mahak, right? Hmm. Um, which I think is fascinating. I wish I could say that I had a single consistent line of logic for why we were going there. Um, There's a it, tower. For me, there. it's. Uh oh. <laughs> what? It's gonna be as simple so, as that. There's gonna be there's gonna be a tower there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For me, it was different in every expansion. Um, in early 2.0, it was because we talked about it a lot. The Zodiac Braves were from there. Why wouldn't we go there? And mm. then it was thematic for swimming. It was an island nation. There were deserts and jungles there. Like, great, cool. If we're going to go swimming, that's a good place to go. Then it was because we had a consulate. Why would you add a consulate for a place you're never going to see? And then it was this like grand conspiracy that that's the best place to stage an attack on Garlemald from. Like what you do is you like you fortify the Alamegan land bridge and you fortify the Otharian mountain pass and you convince Thavnir that Garlemald is no longer a sustainable neighbor and you march up through the whole continent and seeing like cities and dungeons and doing this whole war campaign and then you had like surround the capital from three sides and I was like yeah that's gonna be the expansion and then now it's not. So I don't really have a consistent reason now. I just I I thought it was going to be sensible every year. Mm -hmm. I I think the the two reasons that I sort of suspect we're going there, again from narrative perspective, is I'm 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 pretty confident that the narrative is just going to be taking us to deal with each of these towers, basically, and we're going to have this idea of oh well we can thwart Van Daniel's plan, we can prevent the uh, the apocalypse if we just go and take out these towers, stop whatever it is that they're doing to everyone and everything. Um, and secondly, because, you know, 6.1, we're going to be moving into a new narrative arc, which means that the, um, the seeds for that narrative arc are going to have to be planted in the locations that we're going to in 6.0. And Thavnir, once again, is a place that we know is a gateway to the rest of the world, particularly to Mericidia. They're the only uh, nation in the world that has any diplomatic or trade relations with Mericidia. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying like, we're going to be moving to, we're going to end up in mirror city in like 7.0 or whatever, but I am saying that, um, that Thavnir to me seems like a kind of a natural place to start going somewhere else to sort okay. of start planting those seeds for a new narrative arc. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, that makes sense. Uh, it, it, I, of course, from what you said makes sense, right? So I'm I'm imagining everything you're telling me is the truth because I absolutely have no clue. Uh I I, I so that's why it makes sense to me because you like la lay down a foundation. Like I have a blank slate of story here, and you're just like boop, boop, mm. boop. I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh <laughs> I, so it's too easy. I, I I'm too easy, man. I'm too easy with this. Uh, so is there going to be like, so there's the Thabnir area, there's the moon, uh, we think mm. we're going to Garlemald. There isn't any other new city or new place that we'd be going to. Cause that, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been told that like, there's going to be kind of like there was in Shadowbringers, there's going to be like a small kind of city hub and then a large one. In Shadowbringers, we have the small one as Yulmore, we have the large one as the Crystarium, and we've already been told that... Um, Radzat Hunt is going to be the small one, 
right? I am like pretty dang confident that a large one's going to be Charlian. You don't think it's going to be the moon? No, I don't think so. I, I think I think the moon is probably going to be kind of like the Tempest in in Shadowbringers. Mm. Um, that would be wild if there was like if there was like a big city on the moon. I think that would be wild. Um, but I would be honestly at this point be really surprised if it wasn't Charlian. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I'm banking that there's a moon city. Okay. Yeah, just let you know. Uh, So we can, I can do the I told you so when we get there. Please, Uh, by all means. I'm not going to build a triangle here, so let's see what's on my list. What (laughs) what can I say is, what can I say is the third one? Um, I think it's possible we'll get like a new city that we haven't heard, like when we first went to Kugane, um, that there's just somewhere in the empire that we're going to have access to the capital from, but it's a much more stable place and we'll have kind of a way to um help restore what happens in in garlemald afterwards that's one okay. possibility charlian is a big one on my list um the possibility of there still being ruins on a moon is a big one on my list another another city that's just like in the middle of the continent that they're going to build up even though we've never heard of it before um so how do i how do i not triangulate myself here i'm going to say that the big city is called nalmaska <laughs> okay. Um when Lovely. when Garlemald when Garlemald first started their march, one of the first places they conquered was supposed to be Dalmasca. And mm-hmm. that got retconned hard and they changed the name of the city to Nalmasca. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna uh, say, yeah, that's that's my belief. The big city is Nalmasca. They did. Alright. All right. Uh, my dogs agree with you completely in the background, by the way. There's thumbs up. Uh, so are we all right let's get off that for a little bit and let's talk about i i do you know what i want to hear a little bit less lore and just like first initial impressions um because i don't remember i don't remember their name the elephant beast tribe the matanga the matanga there we go matanga what you guys Mm -hmm. think about the matanga when you saw it i mean i thought the first thing yeah (laughs) <laughs> the first thing the, he was great in return of the jedi yeah that i re- i i thought his keyboard skills were excellent yeah nice nice uh they seem hyper realistic in the rendering that i saw in there that i think was a little odd not, not realistic like oh i believe it's true it's just like there's a lot of detail uh that like mm. you know it was it was a little off-putting. Is the only thing I would have to say about it. Uh, did you guys not did get they that, hit that same like, vibe? Did you get that like elephant-based um, uncanny valley moment for you or something? <laughs> almost, almost, <laughs> almost. It, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's hard for me to explain. I just saw it and I was like, something just seems a little creepy. But at the same time, I loved it because I, I love I love ugly characters and ugly. Beast. Oh, we know you do. Well, yeah, <laughs> I assume I assume they have to be more sympathetic than the ones that we met on on uh, Authored, and I have to assume. Sorry for them. Yeah, I have to assume they're going to be a gateway to like how beast tribes are treated on Elsbard, and that we're going to see mm. a little bit of that. But aside from those two thoughts, like literally all the thought I gave it was <laughs> he looks like Max Rebo, and then <laughs> that was it. 
Okay. Okay. Um, um, unfortunately, as far as we know, they don't get treated much better in the Near East than they do in Eorzea. Apparently, the Matanga right. have been used for like you know millennia as like slave soldiers for Near Eastern warlords. Um, they were like captured in large numbers by the Empire as well to to act as like laborers. And the ones we see on the Azam Steppe are actually a group that escaped from the Empire and just like ran and ended up on the Azem step. And for some reason they just hate the Zayla. Um, I, I'm really curious as to what we'll find out about that. But like uh, the encyclopedia was volume two, like makes a point of them just having this like inexplicable hatred for the Zayla where like, they're not even trying to defend themselves or like anything like that. They just, they just really like want to kill some Zayla. Mm. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll, I I wasn't thinking hate and anger when I saw them. I was thinking. No, they seem pretty chill. Yeah. Yeah. They seem pretty peaceful. Uh, mm. I, I I don't know. I, I man, I really want to get that image. Let me. All right. How do you spell Matanga? I just want to look at that again, so I can just make sure I'm not. Let me see. Do you want me to grab it for you? Uh. I think I'm yeah I, I think I found it all right okay. yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in and uh let me open image a new tab I'll put this in twitch chat here uh all right you do that. if I can do it let's see copy paste there we go so that's that's the image that the slide they showed mm-hmm. for some reason like those wrinkles are very detailed. Um, am I just? Am I just <laughs> really off? getting hung up on that? Because <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm out by myself on this, and it feels weird. Because to me, it's like such a like a prominent thing that I see. It just mm. feels like just a little, little over detailed. I don't know. It does. I'm trying to. to be, it does seem to be a more detailed model than like we usually get for these races. So I'll give you that. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to imagine your facial expressions in the theater watching Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did watch that in a theater. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, anyways, anyways, let's get off elephants for a little bit. Uh, that's something I didn't think I'd say. Uh, so, an- anima, anima. All right. So let's go into anima here. Completely another just big point of the whole presentation. When you saw Anima, was you, were you mm-hmm. thinking, "Oh, that make again"? Is that was that like, "Oh, that makes sense," or was that like, "Holy shit, I wasn't expecting this. This is cool." Um, the second one, and then the first one. Okay, okay. An- anima is like something that I've been wanting since two point oh, and something that like I've been talking about. Like I can go back to old videos of mine from like twenty fifteen, where I'm just like nerding out over the idea of like an anima fight appearing somewhere and like how that would be and like what that would look like so i was so 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 excited for this mm. um i think it's gonna be yeah i think it's gonna be awesome yeah um but then i was like no yeah that 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 makes sense i think i know like how they're gonna slap anima in and where she's gonna fit okay so um, what do we- you want to throw that theory out there or you want moose to no, I want Moose to respond first, and okay. then and then we can talk. 
theories, I guess. Okay. Now I'm hesitant. What if we came to the same conclusion? Um, then you'll be first so to say it. The first thing I thought was just, yes! Because uh, I, mm -hmm. I feel like Final Fantasy X had a lot of great designs, and I just don't see them yes. often. And mm -hmm. Anima was one of the ones that I was like, I would love to see some variation of that on every Final Fantasy. And it just, it, she doesn't come up very often. So when I saw that she'd be here, and you know, my favorite Final Fantasy game, that was awesome. So I was mostly just caught up in the childlike excitement of, yes, finally, Anima again. Um... And if they find a way, like, well, like you said, it makes sense, right? Because we're seeing a lot of the demonic ideas. We're seeing a lot of the HR Giger ideas. We're seeing a lot of that come along. And the, like, so when I put those two together, the first thought that comes into my mind is I will give them triple points if she is somehow like the spirit of someone's mom turned into one of these oh, entities. Oh, no. Oh, no. See, now, see, now I have to do this. Um, uh, on State of the Realm. Mm -hmm. Um yep myself and larry and mostly larry came up with a theory you know it's funny I mean, this was, this, you know this is larry's idea that he that he forced me like he forced me to kind of justify it i'm gonna stop for you him. for a second at this please please by i all bet means. this is the same theory larry gave me when he came on my show the mm -hmm. day after oh no doubt yeah yeah so i think i know what you're talking about because uh okay go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. so Larry thinks um, in the same way that, um, I guess, you know, Final Fantasy X, spoiler, in the same way that Anima was originally Seymour's mother in Final Fantasy X, that it's going to be Varys's mother, so Xenos's grandmother, and that the, um, I mean, I'll, I'll try to put this more politely than we did on State of the Realm. Um, <laughs> the process of copulating with and subsequently receiving the essence of an Asian, um transformed her in the same way that a sin eater or a void scent might transform. So you're saying that she... I'm not saying... Hey, 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 I'm not saying it, all right? I think Larry, you Larry, are. Larry had this theory and I just found a way to make it as sound as possible okay so she had sex with an asion uh an asian an yeah. asion, same thing yeah 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 no okay asian yeah had sex with a, a, an asian and mm. gave birth to uh varus. oh no, no 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 yeah 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 gave birth to varus yeah varus, yeah and eventually mm -hmm. you know uh that went down to yeah i know it's not the same thing chat god it's a joke all right uh so the <laughs> the uh eventually that's why they like Zeno so much because he's i don't know part maybe you've lost me there i don't know um no what what i'm saying is, okay am i am i gonna am i gonna have to make it like a little less pg for you to understand frosty they have to click the mature rating to get to this channel so go ahead Okay. All right. Yeah. So the so the implication is that Asian jism is yeah. like a flood of darkness for <laughs> the person's orifice, and that subsequently their body is transformed, and that is how you get anima. 
Again, that's Larry's theory. All right, that's okay. I can't take credit for that. That's good. That's on Larry. I'm 100%. so glad you're just like you're throwing it off to Larry on that one. Mm -hmm. Now, if I can stay away from that, I think that Anima is a, a terminus beast, okay. um, and I think that um, the kind of like we had light ones, you know, in Shadowbringers, right? These big, powerful sin eaters, effectively. I think that there's going to be the equivalent for terminus beasts is that. They're going to be popping up everywhere and, you know, in the tower or near the tower, on top of the tower, something to do with the tower. There's going to be like these big monstrous ones and Anima's going to be one of them. Okay. Um, I like the idea of it being someone's mother having a similar kind of um, significance to what it did in Final Fantasy X. But, um, I mean, I liked that idea until Larry put the conclusion in my head. And now I hate it. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you're feeling differently now, Moose. <laughs> Look, you got yourself into this mess. You get yourself out. <laughs> um, uh, I pretty much just ended at what I said in the beginning. Like, I, it's very open-ended. Childlike excitement into, yes, we're going to be seeing the demons, and it's going to be tied to H.R. Giger somehow, and bonus points if it's someone's mom. I would have gone mm. to Xenos' mom first, personally, just because you can tie in some of the characterization there, and it would be mm -hmm. much more fun to do that way. But I, I just left it completely open at any of these things would be cool. I'm just stoked Animus here. It's it's Xenos' mom. Again, it's just what it is. I'm yeah, maybe. Sure. Where 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 is his mom currently? Right. I, I don't think she was. I they never mention any of the moms in this game, which no is has, really frustrating. Yeah, no one has a mom. Oh yeah, I guess it but could like, be like literally anyone's this mom. Is, right? This is the opposite of Pokemon, where no one has a dad. Like, um, so like, <laughs> I could see it being a number of things. Um, like maybe. If it was Xenos's mom, whatever Emmett Selk found a way to do to make Xenos as special as he has ultimately resulted in the mom eventually becoming that. Like, I have no idea. I haven't thought about it too deeply. I'm just, again, stoked on him is here. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's go off that because that just completely ruined everything about that conversation. So, hey, hey, Larry by proxy. <laughs> Larry <laughs> ruined it by proxy. Uh, so. Lahabre is back in some form or way. No. Right? And uh -uh. She's back, and he's doing a new raid for us. Uh, uh -uh. They decided they were not done with him, uh, and so we're going to face him in the new raid. Right? Uh. It's pandemonium. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we saw that, and they saw, for some reason they were just like, this is going to be uh, maybe the ending to whatever uh asian storyline there is right and that's that's the only thing i can guess is that this is wrapping up the asian stuff with that raid yeah i think that's i think that's reasonable um again as i was saying yoshida sort of said that like okay 6.1 msq we're going to be you know moving on to a new story arc but i i do think that they're going to use pandemonium and probably the 24 man as uh, as an opportunity to kind of like you know, resolve this stuff that is kind of um, like sidelined a little bit by the kind of mad rush that 6.0 is, is no doubt going to be. Mm. Um, why do we see La Habrea there? Do you have any thoughts about that, Moose? Because like, 
We've been we've been told like no uncertain terms that Lahabre is dead. That whatever was left of Lahabre was you know done and dusted and gone when Astinian you know poked the eyes at the end of Stormblood. Um, do you have any any thoughts? I have a few, and they're kind mm. of along a hierarchy of insanity. Yep. Okay. So yeah. let's start with the top. The, the top of the hierarchy. Do you want to? Do you want to start with the least crazy or the most crazy? Let's go most first, and then most that way, crazy. Stuff, okay, so other stuff will start to seem seem really sane and logical near the end. Okay, so Lahabrea's La Esper is Mateus, and if you go back to Final Fantasy II and Emperor Mateus and Pandemonium and that whole kind of return from hell kind of thing, you've got like a really good basis for a theme of how you can take that. La Havrea has been the unfortunate victim of some severe villain decay since uh, his exit in 3.0. Uh, the Reaper was so cool in 1.0, but it is nothing. It is absolutely nothing compared to what we've seen in the characterization and threat posed by the other two originals. It's been so much better. So this is their opportunity, I think, to give all three that, like highest level threat that they can um so the the craziest thing i can think of is that it's going to be some deep ff2 kind of nuttiness when we do mateus and pandemonium i can tell that okay go 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 (laughs) i can absolutely top that on craziness okay so pandemonium is the capital of hell Mm. right Mm -hmm. um zodiacs purpose what zodiac did when it, when it was summoned was you know uh, rewrite the laws of existence the laws of nature the laws of magic the laws of whatever the structure of the world um zodiac was designed and programmed it seems by laha brea so um one the seven hells are real and two they were designed by laha brea <laughs> okay Okay, I can and that all all of the horrible, nasty things that he has created and designed over the millennia are in there, and with the unsundered gone, they're not, you know, being dealt with. They're not being fed. They're not being, um, you know, kept uh, under suppression, and uh, we're gonna have to do a little Dante's Inferno to get down in there and deal with them um and maybe you know we'll see i, I think lahabra is dead i think lahabra is absolutely 100 percent dead and done and dusted but um you know maybe we'll see something like you know like like high Flodius or like you know emmett sulk sort of like memory recreation uh, that kind of stuff going on with lahabra down there mm. maybe um okay but I mean- uh, that 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 is like the top of my like <laughs> insane theories what was discussed on uh the show before after uh, after the the real reveal came out is that it was just going to be dealing with crazy creations he made and it was just leftovers that we have to clean up and that was pretty much it but which goes along with your crazy idea i didn't realize it was so crazy so maybe you know maybe there's more sane ideas moose do you have more sane ideas in your hierarchy 
Most of my Zane ideas are just peeling the crazy stuff off of that same idea that they want La Habrea to be the vehicle for clearing up a lot of the mysteries that we have left by giving him a little deeper characterization, by giving him a bigger threat level, by explaining a little bit more about him in context, putting him on the same level as Emmett Selk and Elidibus, which I think arguably he deserves. Like he was our poster boy for 14's villain team originally. Like it's a lot like Gaius coming back uh, and trying to find a way to do his character a little more authentically in terms of being true to 14 and what 14 originally presented him as. So I think for La Habrea to be the vehicle for it makes sense. I just don't know how he's going to be the vehicle. Is he somehow going to have escaped the eyes at the last minute, which I can think of 20 times he could do it, but they said he didn't. So is it going mm -hmm. to be that he has survived wherever you go when that happens somehow? Is it going to be that there's a wraith of him still connected to Zodiac's power somehow? Is it just, you know, the platonic form of the La Habrea coming back somehow? Is it a primal all a little a la Elidibus from his memories somehow I have no idea but I think it is just using him as a vehicle to explain more about him even maybe give Elidibus and La Habrea's true Greek names like I just I see it as cleanup and anti-villain decay okay makes sense to me uh but I mean they, they gave us an image and a name and that's it right they didn't that's all we got <laughs> they really do too much more than that I think the most information we have is, ooh, his sigil is made out of fire. What does that mean? <laughs> okay. He uh, liked fire. He really liked fire. He did. He did. Um, all right. So let's go to the Alliance raid now. Uh, so oh. we're done with Nier. It's out of the game, right? That's the expectation. It's gone. We're finishing it up here in 5.5. Ethis could be happy. Yeeting out. Yokotaro. And then we're going to put in a new original story. We're not going to bring in mm -hmm. Chrono Trigger. We're not going to bring in Dragon hey, Quest. The, the, I mean, it was not mutually exclusive. Crystal Tower's original story, but it had, you know, it had the Crystal Tower in it. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. It's true. Uh, what, what, what is our story for our original Final Fantasy XIV story for the Alliance raid? So I, I saw you got some paper quote, out, by the way, at this. The 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 exact quote from what Koji was saying in the showcase is that it's gonna be dealing with an a a piece of Aeorsian law steeped in mystery. Um Aeorsian law. Okay. Not Novrant law, not Galian law, not Heidelin law, Aeorsian law, Aeorsian law specifically. Um and that was really interesting to me because I really thought that at least like the one of, if not both of the eight man or 24 man, we would be going back to the first, but not only are we on the source, we're in Aeorsia or at least dealing with an Aeorsian mystery. Mm. So the question really is like, what's on our list of Aeorsian law steeped in mystery. Um, and I know that um, pretty close to the top of the list for both Moose and I is going to be silver tier, right? <laughs> yeah that's how, that's the big one for me Moose, so how good are you going to feel if it's like silver tier you're just like finally it's been my entire life and they finally did it 
or depends depends on how it's handled i expected okay. it to be msq i expected it to come full circle to 1.0 and end in the msq with the presence of silver tier lake um mm -hmm. so if we're just wrapping that up in a side story i don't know what to expect is it going to be like a really good quality side story or is it just a slapdash place we get rid of things that we don't want to deal with um and if if an if enough thought and care is put into it i think it could be equivalent to the msq um, but I'm nervous about it, which is one reason why I want to consider other possibilities aside from Silver Tear Lake, even if I'm really excited for it to be Silver Tear Lake. Okay, what other what other possibilities do you think we have? Not a lot. Um, so there was a there was actually in the original lore that came out, like the first blurbs they ever gave for 1.0, they said that the Garlean March right after they took Alamigo was stopped by a primal. And I asked what primal that was because I thought that maybe it was just clumsy wording. Like maybe it was the primals that first appeared in 1562 when, you know, that's the earliest we've been told they appeared in that way. So I thought like if we could just say, oh, it was Leviathan. Oh, it was Ramu. Like we could just get it off the table. Ramu would have been unlikely, but geographically, whatever. Anyway, uh, the answer to that question was I can't tell you yet. There was a plan for it. We know what it is. We've never addressed it. And then it vanished again. It never came up again. So there's this possibility of a primal that we've never seen, that we know nothing about, that's been around since somewhere between 1557 and 1562, and we've never heard about it and never seen it again. And it was enough to turn Garlemald back. Uh, so the mysterious primals won. Uh, if Werelit doesn't clear it up forever, we've got Sabiq. We've never touched on the elementals to the depth that I think we should have and that they were like implied to be in 1.0. So I think there's a couple mm -hmm. routes it could take, but I do want Silver Tier Lake most. Okay. I agree. I've I've gotten a lot of people ask me, like, oh, but what about this and what about that? And I'm like, there's not there's not really mysteries those are just things that you want to see more of right people are like oh we you know what about the, the galmara i'm like okay galmara great where's the mystery where's the mystery in galmara mm. um because i have one mystery in galmara oh just just one have you ever seen oh. what the ruins looks like in 1.0 yeah okay <laughs> yeah that's fair Okay, we've got one mystery. What are those little amber scale rock Tonberry looking things that were surrounding the ruins before? I never got a good answer on that, and I'm mad about it. But that, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. Go that ahead. Was good. No, you, you're right. We don't have anything about amber scale rock. That's true. And that's another one that came out. I was like, mm, yeah, maybe. But that doesn't seem like something that would be enough to see the whole like 24 man. No, um, it's got to be like a job quest. Yeah. Um, Neon Krebs Hope came up as well and i was like okay i don't really see where the mystery there is other than like who he was and where he came from and like how he had access to this sort of magical technology or whatever but i think it's far more likely that i mean that's not an aeorzean mystery it's like a charlian mystery really and i think that if we're going to learn about that anywhere it'll be you know when and if we go to charlian um so yeah i kind of agree like top of my list here again that the mystery primal and silver tier and um there's a lot of other things that i would like to see uh in eorzea that i would like to learn more about but eorzean law steeped in mystery it, yeah like we really don't have that that many like left that are kind of 
left us hanging at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, everything, I would think any element of the game right now is aimed towards wrapping up any part of the story that we still have major questions on. I agree. Uh, they have to do it <laughs> or else they can't finish uh, and go on to a new story, which I do want to mm-hmm. ask, what, what does that even look like going on to a new story in Final Fantasy fourteen? Are we just like, oh, well, we don't need to worry about the Scions anymore. We don't care about them. We're going off on our new oh, adventure. No. Just like completely cut off all ties from everyone and just in a whole new part of the world. Like, what, is it, what does it look like to go past our main story? I don't think it necessarily means like leaving all these characters behind. I'm, I'm expecting to leave some of them behind. I'm expecting, you know, a not insignificant number of them to probably beef it uh, somewhere between now and 6.1. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we know almost nothing about Maricidia. We know almost nothing about the, the new world. And, you know, there's plenty, plenty of space to like build new stories, build new mysteries there. Um, we've got like various potential extraterrestrial threats that could be dealt with. Um, like there's a, there's a lot of stuff still to kind of chew on um i don't mind the idea necessarily of like leaving the silence behind and you know having new characters and you know having a new poster child that's not like you stole um <laughs> the the uh, the idea of like new players jumping in beyond 6.0 being like oh you can just like like literally being given the option to just like skip the first story <laughs> and start at 6.1. I'm not like opposed to that, but I don't see them leaving all that behind. I don't see them like completely turning a, a new page where we don't take any of the characters or any of the sort of baggage with us. Cause it's still going to be Final Fantasy 14, right? Yeah. Moose, are you kind of on the same page with that? I'm on the page in between those two pages. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a little weird, but so like I think what it means to be done with this is that like like at this said, we have the new world, we have Maricidia. If we don't go there in 6.0, we'll have Charlayan. We've got a lot of places to see. And a lot of the ways we could engage with those places that might be fun have always been hindered by two questions. What about the Imperial invasion? What about Asian or Asian machinations? Like we've had to worry about why are we ignoring those threats? Why aren't we dealing on that with that right now? Every time we do something that's not that, and we'll never have to worry about that again. We can go to Maricidia and not have to wonder what Garlemal or the Asians are doing, and that's going to let us focus on big, cool new places. So it, uh, that's the big thing for me. It's just that free up of focus. That's what it means to me. I don't know what it's going to be on, but that it's going to be free and focused on that means a lot to me and i mean for all we know nero is going to have all the free time he needs to piss off the world and it's going to be just eldritch horrors coming out of the cosmic swirl for all we know like we don't know what's coming um but as far as characters go i think we've got an option between keeping the scions and getting new people is we have a very large like jv team of scions that have been hanging around the rising stones doing virtually nothing for years and what if you know than cred and yishtola got to retire and we hung out with the with the hoary boulder for a while and ochre boulder for a while and like what if those were our main yes. team for a while yes okay. i like that hang with my boy aaron vault and colton a and <laughs> budget thankred real nice 
okay. Okay. I mean, I, that would make a little bit more sense, I guess. Um, but I, what am I, what was I thinking? When we deal with Heidelin and Zodiac, and we're, we're finishing that whole thing up with, I guess, whatever threat, maybe we're not completely finishing those up. I don't know, but if we do, we're like, okay, we don't have to worry about Hyland and Zodiac, that arc anymore at all. It's just done. Mm -hmm. Doesn't everything else seem underwhelming that we're dealing with, like, the top gods right now, right? So where do you go past the top gods? That's a good question. Um, I was was thinking about this, like, with Omega, um, right? It's like, we are finding this thing that, like basically one shot Bahamut that has like, you know, basically creation magics is basically like, you know, a deus ex machina, like literally a God in the machine. Um, how could we possibly like escalate from there? Um, how could anything, you know, be like compelling or dangerous beyond that? And they always find a way. They always find a way mm-hmm. again. Like, um, just speaking of extraterrestrial, well, I mean, speaking of Omega, like we've got whoever made Omega, that civilization, they could be out there somewhere and they could just come like rumbling in one day, you know, and Heidelin and Zodiac could seem like a very, very small threat. Like, oh, great. You personified your planet and gave it a, gave it a willpower. Well, hey, here's like the Borg, you know, <laughs> like they could easily escalate it. Um, and they could easily find, you know, other villains that um, aren't necessarily like threatening to destroy the world, but are threatening like far more kind of like personal and intimate and like immediate, like relatable problems. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I trust the writers and I trust that they're going to find something. Okay. Okay. Uh, Moose. I've I've got 11 on my mind when I think about this question. Um, if we wanted to, there's a lot that we could use as bigger batter threats. If if you want to escalate, we've we got the possibility of the Alagon still being out there. We've got Omega's planet. We've got Midgardsmer's planet if anything's left of it. We've got the Eldritch horrors from the world if we need it. We've got gods we've never heard of. We've got Lovecraftian nonsense if we want it. Um but do we want it? Like, what if this is the climax of the story? And yeah, we never face anything this big or huge again. But like Etha said, what if it's more personal? What if it's more fun? What if we learn more about the world? Like, what if this is just the peak and we move towards a resolution that doesn't need to be bigger or badder? Um, I don't want a game that ends with ever-increasing villains until we finally jump the shark and the Warrior of Light becomes a god. And I, I hope my boy can retire someday, you know? So if this is the peak, this is the peak. I might be happy with that because, like, we went to Ot Ergon and it wasn't necessarily as big as you know the um, the Zealart and Promathia and all that kind of stuff. But it was still great. Like, we don't need to top everything. So I I'm ambivalent. Okay. okay. Yeah, it doesn't have to be Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have to be Dragon Ball where you go even higher and greater every single time. No, no, okay. doesn't have to be. It might be, but it doesn't have to be. 
I mean, it, it does feel, I, I do feel like why we believe that and why we think that's great. I think there are a lot of people mm-hmm. who always think, oh, yeah, it, it will start to seem underwhelming if it's not the bigger, greater thing. Uh, and look, they are pandering towards the majority of the player look, base, right? You got to do that to keep subs. Yeah, they, they are. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think when Moose was talking about like how nice it'll be to be able to go and explore other things without having to worry about the hanging issue of like, what about Gullamold? What about the Ursians? Um, They have an opportunity to tell like different kinds of stories now. Um, And, you know, maybe it'll take an expansion. Maybe it'll take a couple of expansions of them sort of even like, you know, fumbling around until they really like grab onto something that's like really kind of compelling and exciting. But um. Yoshida and his team have demonstrated time and time again they're not afraid to like take risks um with stuff like that um and that uh you know they're very good at balancing you know fan service and pandering with like you know what is going to actually like pay off um in the long term and i'm yeah i'm just really excited to see the potential for completely different kinds of stories told uh through final fantasy 14 um so bring it on okay uh by the way chat everybody out there uh you guys have been having tons of wonderful comments out there of course i haven't seen all of it myself but i do every once in a while see moose like responding and just like making sure (laughs) some points are understood there uh but if you have any questions or anything that you would like to ask us here on the show go ahead and ask them uh you can click on that link and submit it that way and that way we can see it uh, we do have a handful of questions. It seems like one of our moderators, ta- Tag, has a whole bunch of them. I'll, I'll give you a couple of them here, Tag. <laughs> There's like 10 questions from him. But we'll, we'll, we'll go through a couple of them. Um, so if so, we talked about a lot of different types of science. Just theory crafting, you know, the Alliance raid and other things that we might be able to see. We, we talked about things that are possible bits of side content. Uh, but is there any like side content that you want to see in 6.0? Um, that you would think that would be at least fun to see, if not like mandatory in the game that we haven't spoken about yet. Is there any like just little, doesn't need to be a full story. We don't need to dive into it, but it could be just a nice little side bit of content. Yeah, more void quests eventually. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, that's probably not going to be into like 8.0 knowing, you know, how they do in a Cal High. That's, <laughs> um, eventually going back to that would be really cool um and again knowing that the eight man the 24 man like none of that's going to be dealing with Novran with the first and it seems like we're not really going to have much of an opportunity to go back there i would like the idea of having the exploration content so like the eureka or the the boja having that based in the first and maybe having eden as like a prerequisite for it and us starting to like go out and explore the parts of the empty that are like slowly coming back to life mm-hmm. i'd love to explore that um beyond that um new deep dungeon <laughs> new deep dungeon is the point. okay yeah maybe moose <laughs> what about you miss i've just got a very large pile of list of plot hooks that they didn't address and that i'm hoping aren't handled too clumsily that they're not just like all shoved into a new Eureka somewhere and never talked about again. Mm. Um, 
So I've I've got Morris and Amber Scale Rock from 1.0. I want to see more info about the clans. If we're not doing more races, I'd love to see third clans. I think there's a lot we haven't explored about our, our own city's history. The green rot, the elementals. We never went back for Corgwavai, Shravanchet, and whatever happened at Dunstan. There's I, there's a lot of stories I want to see that are just they haven't been addressed yet, and I'd love to do it in a way that's not clumsy. Where where when they're coming up with ideas of what to do next, someone remembers that that exists and wants to make something cool out of it, like Bozia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Um. All right. All right. Uh. I do want to ask. Would you be upset if we never did anything on the first again and we we're just done? with it and we're just like it's behind us we're never i'd be surprised you'd be surprised okay i would be very surprised you know since we like shipped in a cal high over there and started seeding like a new side plot line there um and that there's like an implication that the eden story is gonna like continue on to something else um would i be sad yeah i'd be sad i'm i'm invested in Novaratn in its history. I'd love to learn more about it. I just don't want it to continue to be like um uh at the and I guess like being prioritized over all this stuff that I want to know about Aorzia. Like like Moose is saying, you know, we even okay, you mentioned Bojo. One thing that one thing that really frustrated me about Bojo is we're getting like these law dumps of these characters that we have never seen before, that we see in one fate that are dead now spoiler <laughs> as of the lubrum regine and and we learn more about them than we learned about most of the scions um there's so so much left to like dig up in aosia so yeah i would be disappointed if we don't go back to novran i want to learn more i just don't want to learn more about that at the expense of you know yeah aosian mysteries okay i'd be like at the surprise just because they put all of those resources into building it and i feel like when you're a developer you think how can i wisely use my resources to free up the ability to make more new stuff so i think sometimes when it comes down to choosing what resources you have that you want to use to free up resources elsewhere the first has a lot of great options um would i be sad i don't know i don't have anything against it the first being a happily ever after we completed our mission there thing i don't think um i'd be sad to not have the opportunity to spend more time in Crystarium because i feel like that's my favorite city but i'd be down to see more of it i think at this has a great point about the void quests going in that direction and post eden going in something in that direction i think there's something that can be branched there because I don't know if Square Enix is ever going to fully let go of having just a realm full of demons that they can tap for anything at every time. So I don't think we're going to like solve the 13th, but I think we could explore the idea of, is that possible? Could it happen? What would it look like? What would happen if we tried? I think there's a lot of ways to explore that. And because they introduced the idea that uh, the first is somewhat bound to the 13th in a cosmos likes balance kind of way that we could explore one through the other without putting too much of the devs ability to bring new stuff into the game in jeopardy. Okay. okay. But sad. I don't think sad. <laughs> Sad's no, just I, not I the think right I'd be word. okay with it. I'd be okay. No. It's just not the right word, but I think, I think I'd be okay with it, but okay. I, I don't think they'd do it. Okay. Uh, we do have a, a good handful of questions. 
that have come in. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask this one because I think that we haven't talked about it really too much. Uh, but I know it's something that Ethis loves to talk about here. Uh, do you think Fandaniel might actually be working for or tempered by Lavos? <laughs> and the Keening presence uh, under Silver Tier? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh man, we're really begging the question there, aren't we? Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Um okay, so just to like clarify on this, um the final days uh in the ancient world were caused by a, a keening, a sound, a sort of screaming sound that was coming up from uh the center of the earth and people losing control of their creation magic, spontaneously summoning um you know, simulacrums are there and nightmares, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, it kind of sounds like Lavos from Chrono Trigger, and we just kind of like picked that up and sort of run with it. The idea that there's this awful like parasitic thing that's at the center of the planet that, um, you know, Zodiac had to be summoned to deal with. They got woken up by presumably the Amaratines or, you know, someone or something in the ancient world. And that's uh, maybe that's the presence under Silver Tear, and that maybe that's going to be woken up at some point in the near future. Um, look, I think this is coming back to um, Fan Daniel's motivations. And if he was like really just nihilistic and wanted to die and wanted everything to die, I'd be like, yeah, maybe that's got some connection with this with this thing. But um, the pacing of it is just it, it's not. It just doesn't really fit. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to ask this next one, the moose here. Um, do you think that uh, we're going to, one of the scions is going to be the scythe wielding new job at some point? Uh, and is there going to be the reason why we discovered this new melee? I don't think it's going to be one of the scions. Someone planted this idea in my head as we were watching the trailer, and it won't go away. Um, Xenos is like, well, I'm going to need a new weapon. And he throws his sword on the ground, and he steps on it on the way out the door. And in the trailer, if you look next to him, there's a handle that's just like sticking up next to the chair. And I can't unsee it. I can't unimagine Xenos as this new, like, Reaper-esque, scythe-wielding character that is emblematic of death in his pursuit for Zodiac and teaming up with Fan Daniel and going against the Warrior of Light as a paladin. So a Scion, no, I think it might actually be Xenos. And now I can't get it out of my head. It's stuck there. I can't think about anything else because it just, it all sounds so cool. No, it does. It does. I, I would be okay with the uh, spinning cartridge holder of Scythes, too, if you wanted to <laughs> do that and have like a, a fan. Scythe golf bag. Yeah, like a golf bag. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to be honest. A lot of these questions, like I'm reading it, I'm like, I don't understand it because I just don't understand the lore enough. Uh, and so I feel like I might, I don't know if I'm asking a dumb question or a good question. Uh, so let me, that's part of the fun. I guess Ask so. it anyway. All right. If, when we end up, uh, at the Charlian, uh, do you think that we'll see the parallels with 
Emirat, and how would we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I think to a degree they're setting up like kind of a um Alog Garlemald parallel there. As far as like people who see themselves as the steward stewards of the world and hoarding all the knowledge. So yeah, I think that's possible. I think we could see some parallels there. Okay. All right. All right. Another question here is what do you think the meaning or intention was with showing Van Daniel's memory crystal damaged? Mm. I don't remember this. So when yeah. we when we picked them all up, his came through less clear than the others. Yeah. Okay. It did, and and I I wonder if this wasn't just like dramatic foreshadowing, and that um it wasn't even like a sort of specific like mechanical thing. Um, I some people are speculating that like okay maybe his crystal was damaged, and maybe that's why Fan Daniel is like either not programmed properly, not tempered properly it might be some explanation why he's a little bit unhinged it seems um or maybe he was always like that um i haven't thought into it too much but um i think it's certainly something to keep in mind i okay so i i tend to approach things with the way that they're approached to me so when mm -hmm. someone points out that that crystal sounds a little different and I go back and I look at it, I do think about why, but I don't make the assumption. Um, the crystal that comes through like that unclearly is the first one we pick up. Um, so is it just that we're not used to reading them yet and we get a little better at it as we go along? Because not only is, is that one it has like a lot of dots indicating that there's words missing in their spaces. But if you go a little bit further down the line, one of them says the words they hold rings clearer than before when you focus on the crystal. So is it just that you're getting better at it as you're going along? And at this says it's dramatic tension building up. Um, we can't rule that in or out. So we can't say whether the crystal was damaged or we just sucked at reading it yet, but it, it could be a foreshadow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think some people are sort of like assuming that it was damaged and i would just say like don't uh just don't jump to conclusions just yet just keep it in mind okay um all right let's see if the lunar cry makes an appearance in either the main story quest pandemonium or 24 man what form do you think it will take if at all mm. what is the lunar cry um, the we really got you to play eight again man <laughs> okay okay I'll, I'll, i promise it's, it's time i know it's between like the famous gravity wells of seven was my first it's the best ever and nine being underappreciated to a criminal level and that's all everybody anybody ever talks about but eight is still okay i'll play the hd version soon all right all right hey, uh, I'll, I'll make a point i'll make a point to play every final fantasy again so i could be like i know everything about my lore at least the base most experience because uh, uh, it's been so long i don't think i don't think that i even i don't even know if i got halfway through eight when i played it uh the first time because just the you know playing games when you're younger and just some things you finish and don't finish and i think that was one of the ones i didn't finish so but anyways, i was gonna cry I was going to look it up like on the fandom wiki so that I could read you like their description of what it was. 
And I'm looking at the picture of it, and it, it does look kind of like an eye on the moon. And now I'm sitting here thinking, like, oh, maybe I should read this a little closer. <laughs> okay. Um, people are, are speculating that the lunar crime might be like another way to think of the keening, basically. And that this, whatever the towers are doing, whatever this recreation of the final days, whatever. Um, I guess like uh equivalent of the caning that um Fan Daniel is gonna be doing, that might just be like referred to as the lunar crime and just kind of fit in the whole like iconography, right? Of you know, Lunar Bahamut and going to the moon and the towers and yeah. Um I just think it's if they do kind of throw it in, it'll be just kind of like a fan servicey sort of um title for stuff that's already happening yeah i think it's i, I think there are a lot of like themes in it that are useful as a MacGuffin, mm -hmm. like as explanations um because there was a civilization that was wiped out by it and we have a civilization that's been wiped out that's associated with the moon we have like monsters that are able to be summoned in a specific way at a certain time and that are kind of like the havoc from the moon and like yeah i think there's a lot of themes you could invoke there it's just will they and to what degree will it be the same story but now that i'm like looking at the page and i see that it looks like an eye i'm like oh maybe i should like maybe i should think about this a little deeper <laughs> crap um all right, so uh, this one's for you, Atthus. Uh, okay. It says, I briefly talked to Moose about this, but I'd like to hear Atthus' thoughts on the theory that Than Daniel was one of the uh, was the one to put Xenos in that Elzin Resistance member. Uh, due to all the clues that exist, like Xenos had been truly ready to die in 4.0, uh, Elibus uh, being in shock in that Xenos followed the soul, swapping... Uh, ritual mm -hmm. steps and Van Daniel showing up uh, the moment Elidibus is gone. So, mm -hmm. do you think that? I guess the question was, do you think that um, Van Daniel put Xenos in there and Xenos was going to die without Van Daniel's intervention? Um, I I think it's possible. I don't think we really have like strong evidence to say one way or the other but like narratively speaking that would certainly be compelling um you know Elidibus was like how the heck did Xenos manage to do it like I didn't I didn't teach him to do that Emma did you teach him to do that well I don't know um <laughs> everyone's confused no one no one knows how that happened um and with you know Fan Daniel showing up when he did as Moose pointed out this like incredibly sort of serendipitous moment right um yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't be terribly surprising if it turns out that he'd been kind of like planning things a little bit further back okay um so yeah i don't i don't really have like any more sort of evidence to add to that but i think that would be you know narratively interesting okay okay uh and moose i assume that that's the same kind of thought that part of discussion that you had with him yeah um 
the the thing for me is that I have to sweep some of my preconceptions off the table because they rewrite stuff all the time on the back end. Like it's consistent in the end and you can see that like it's it all lines up. But you can also at the same time tell that it wasn't planned when it happened. Like the return of the Warriors of Darkness in 5.0. Like you can tell they thought they were done with them in 3.4, but the new story still makes sense, right? Um, so the preconception that I had about Xenos was that he survived by accident. That this was just a sheer quirk of the universe that he fully intended to die and then the echo kicked in and he accidentally found himself alive again and was like well i guess this means it's time for round two but could it be retconned or could it have been the intention all along that someone did this for a purpose possibly but like my preconception was that it was an accident and that's why it was so poetic Okay. Well, it's not just a preconception. It's the fact that, like, we know because we've been told that they write, you know, approximately two years ahead. Um, and, you know, they leave certain things hanging for an opportunity to sort of, like, go back and grab those threads and pull them forward. But, like, I think we can say with confidence that, uh, yeah, when Xenos came back, they weren't thinking of how Fandania would be connected to it at that point. Okay. Um, all right. So I think that's good for questions for now, guys. Thanks for those questions. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do want to ask um, one more question. Just kind of the wrap up, talking about the moon, talking about everything. Um, what what wasn't there that you wish was there within the whole showcase and everything that we've learned recently? What little bit of information were you like hoping that there might have been there, but just never turned up? Blitzball! Was it Blitzball? Blitzball! Uh, no? Yeah? Okay. No, no like, fair. I... It's fair. I mean, you could be just only wanting to play Final Fantasy XIV for when Blitzball is introduced and it's your first time to be able to play it since 10. I deliberately held back my um, my reservations or questions until I see the long trailer. If I see the long trailer and there's stuff I don't see, I'll let you know. But I'm I'm holding myself open for that possibility. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, all, all I can do is echo that. I mean, what I wish was there but wasn't. Well, what I wish was there was the rest of the trailer. <laughs> what I wish was there was was all of the information that we would have had from all of the fan fests that we missed and from the media tour that we're not going to get to go on. Like, that's what I wish for. Mm. Um, so really, this is a question to ask after May, okay. I think. Okay. And until then, we just got to uh, hold our breath. That's fair. And it is, is there uh... going to be a... Is there going to be a second show where we come back to discuss 6.0 through the long trailer format and talk about like what a waste all of this thought was? <laughs> yes, there will be. We're Don't gonna have worry. to retcon this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. There will be like a self critique. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I kind of want to go back and get all the lore shows together that we've done and just watch oh, them and God. see like, oh, look how wrong they were here and here and here, and just make one big compilation. I. Of that. I do that all the time. That's one of the things that keeps me in the state of mind of like a good assumption doesn't mean it's a true assumption. You have to wait until there's like good citable evidence that it's confirmed. Like 
there are things that were sensible that turned out not to be true. And there are things that turned out to be true that were crazy. Like there's just no confirmed relationship between good premises and good conclusions. So when mm. I go back and I look at my first question and I'm like, yo, why did Bahamut explode into a like cloud of primals in 1.0? Like I can see that I didn't know shit about what was going on yet. Like people are wrong all the time. So yeah, that's fun. Like let's tear apart old stuff. We were wrong all the time. So, you know, it would be fun. Maybe one day we'll go back and look at the first show that we got both of you on at the same time. And we'll just record us watching that and reacting to your own thoughts. Live DVD commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Noriko brings up a good point here is that like out of the five pages of stuff I wrote in terms of the New Year's poem, the only line that ended up being really useful was Moon's Haunted. Can you explain that a little bit more? Because I see it what, everywhere. Moon, Moon's haunted. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a um, augmentation of a meme. Just look up "suns haunted." Okay. <laughs> I I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Because uh, I feel like I I keep thinking it and I I know it from somewhere and it's always there. Like one of those memes, you're like, I know, I know this means something to something I've seen before, but I just I can't connect it right now. And I feel like I'm out of the loop and it's just a stupid old man. Um, I'm 34 now, guys. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, okay, Moon's Haunted catchphrase based on... Where did this even start? I know that there's originally a gun involved in an astronaut. Oh, yeah, that does... You know what? That is starting to connect a little bit. Oh, no. Okay, so I'm dumb. This was based on Destiny 2. Is it based on Destiny 2? Yeah, I skipped Destiny, so I don't know this. Oh, yeah, because the moon is literally haunted in Destiny 2. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Moon's haunted. Yeah, here's here's the original yeah, tweet. Uh, yeah, NASA, em- NASA employee. Oh, hey, you guys are back early. Astronaut. Moon's haunted. NASA employee. What? Astronaut. Loading pistol. Getting back onto the rocket ship. Moon's haunted. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so it's you. Destiny 2. I'm wrong. Sun's Haunted was itself an augmentation of the Destiny 2 meme. Okay, okay. I feel better. And I hope everyone else that fell out of the loop a little bit feels a little bit better now. <laughs> uh, that's a great way for us to end the show. Uh, uh, I do want to say both of you have been fantastic. And every time I come on the show and I have both of you on here, I feel so relaxed. I feel just comfortable. Like this whole show could fucking explode. I'm like, I don't care. I'm here at Friends. I'm having a good time. And you guys always uh, make me feel that way. So thank you very much uh, for coming on and giving us our lore dump for this this recent bit of information. Uh, and we will we will be back, of course, and do this again. Um, I couldn't get Klimps on this time because he's busy with other stuff, but we'll get him on next time. He's always fun because he's like the middleman between me and you guys. <laughs> so get get him to be the one that makes fun of this show when he as he critiques mm-hmm. it and tears it apart <laughs> maybe i could i could get him to do it uh, but also thank you chat thank you everybody who came to watch it's been great before we go of course i want you guys all to do your own shout outs uh and anything that you'd like to mention to anyone last words and stuff and so we'll start with Ethis since you're on the left hand side at this could you go first here oh geez i mean you guys know me you know what i do you know how i do it um but if you don't, then it's on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter, uh, Ethis Asher. Um, actually, 
coming down the pipeline in the next two weeks, early March, I'm going to be kicking off Dungeons and Dravanians. It's going to be a series of uh, of one shots of uh, Final Fantasy XIV cross Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, um, and it's going to be great. We're going to have new special guests for every one shot, and we're going to use it as a vehicle to role play and explore uh, key events throughout final fantasy 14's history um so we're gonna go back to the time of alec we're gonna go back to the war of the magi we're um gonna have uh, a lot of fun with it and that'll be kicking off early march my first guests are going to be mr happy sly and my friend leek wibble and uh yeah you guys will be able to catch it on twitch live or over on my youtube channel um but it's something new and different and exciting. And um, I hope you guys like give it a chance because yeah. uh, I've been putting a lot of work into it. And that's something that usually, if you do anything with Dungeons and Dragons, you're putting a lot of work into it. If you're leading anything, but this is a little bit more than that. Uh, mm. So I, I'm excited to see it. And maybe one day I'll, I'll be able to convince you to let me to come on one of your games too. And we'll, I'm, I'm planning on having both these jabronis on for <laughs> one of the sessions. And I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be excellent. All right, all right. Moose, I know you don't fucking do anything except for, like, be on forums wow. and discords and, like, Whoa. you don't do any streaming, any YouTube videos, anything that, like, people... He's you know, right. <laughs> like, kind of Twitter stuff. People can't really follow you anywhere. Uh, <laughs> but go ahead. Just what what can you give people for so that part mean. of what I can... <laughs> so Well, okay. Mean. The first thing I would say was, like, it ain't wrong. No lies detected. <laughs> like, okay, so I would actually piggyback off of what you were saying, is that since since it was six nerds crashing the localization forum trying to get Koji to tell us random shit about the game by reporting bugs, like, I've been using this one word, campfire. Campfire mindset. The idea that all I want is just for people to be able to sit down and have a relaxed, cordial, nice conversation about what we think's going on and that we want to archive it right and get it down right so when this game goes dark we can leave behind like all the fun and good understanding that we've had of it in the end. That's all I've ever wanted and everything else has been a complete accident. So everywhere that i go that turns out to be like a really good campfire mindset i'm so grateful to be there like this show feels like just a couple of people sitting around a campfire having a good time shooting the shit like that's what i dreamt of when i got involved in lore so i have that in the forums you can find me in the forums i have that at gamer escape you can find me at gamer escape um i'm on anani moose xiv on twitter like but that's all i care about is let's have fun talking about the lore of this game and try to arc archive it the best we can and wherever that happens i'm happy to be there okay okay you know what i can do at least that i let me find your twitter and i'm just going to post your twitter in here so people will follow okay you. yeah there we go so follow that twitter for moose takes uh and they're they're always they're always great um any shout outs by the way you know what uh at this did you do any shout outs to anybody um my girlfriend's asleep, so I don't need to shut her. No, she's been she's been really great, actually. She's been um, uh, helping on the production side with Dungeons and Dravanians, and like it probably wouldn't be happening for like another six months without her. So she's she's amazing. Okay. Um, 
and shout out to like everyone like to obviously to frosty for having me on the show and for like everyone else that's like been collaborating with me i've been doing a lot more collaboration uh this year and kind of coming out of my shell a little bit more and that's been phenomenal so like everyone in the community that's been like hanging out with me and doing stuff thank you thank you so much i really really appreciate it yeah happy to have you around man and moose any shout outs for you I gotta follow up as his lead on this one. Like, shout out to the girlfriend, even though she'll never see this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to everybody in the community who who stands for kind of that same shared mindset of finding a way to be kind to each other and have fun together and talk about the story of the game to make this a story driven game. So everyone who comes to the forums and finds a way to do that, everyone who find, comes to Gamer Escape and finds a way to do that, like, thank you to you. This is really great, by the I'm way. I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Tal comes in for five minutes at the end here. Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, uh, my wife probably is not seeing this at all either, but she is an instrumental part of everything that I do uh, just by being here for me. Uh, so she keeps me stable and alive. And so thank you very much to Kerr for all that. Her, her birthday was yesterday, so happy birthday to her. Um, <laughs> perfect chipmunk timing. Perfect chipmunk. T- <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Oh man. Uh, uh, but thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I can. I think we know what you said, so we appreciate that, Moose. There's very nice things that you said. Um, uh, I would like to also thank Andre Kane, who does the intro and the closing for the music here. Uh, everyone on Patreon, everyone that subs, everyone that just comes and listens and is part of the conversation and chat, uh, it means the world to me. I've been doing this for so many years, and uh, without people here uh, that kind of hang out with us, it wouldn't be nearly the same. Uh, and of course, I have to do it. The guests are what makes this show so ethos and moose. You guys are fantastic, and it w- I couldn't do this mock talk without you, so thank you so much. Um, no, that, this one you couldn't. Probably. No, this one, no, no, no for sure. There's probably no not this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that being said, uh, I do have a short, short little video. There's, uh, it's thanking Patreon as part of the the tier there, uh, Patreon members, and then there's a little extra bit at the end that you guys might want to watch, and then we're gonna raid. Uh, we're gonna raid someone right after this we're, we're going to discuss this after we get off air like after the credits and everything's rolling uh so stick around for that as well just to support the next stream you guys all have a wonderful rest of your weekend remember be good keep cool stay frosty bye wave and say bye, bye. you guys have to do it i can't change it until stay, say bye. stay frosty everyone thanks for watching the show uh this is of course the segment where i personally thank the patreon supporters of the show uh there are four people who are at a very high tier which is dude is antonio a mod in the chat that we have that has been around forever uh helped me with plenty of things in my mog talk life and then we have uh tagalong who's been a mod who's been helping out with questions and everything else and with other events that we've had recently uh and then there is nimic from Ock morning a website you guys should check out if you want to look into rating and then we have super miyu who works on the TeamCraft website. If you're at all a crafter, it's probably worth looking at. So that being said, uh, I don't have anything too special. Well, sort of. Um, 
I've been working on a video and I'm pretty sure I'm just going to abandon it and throw it away. But I made a teaser for it, so you'll get a glimpse of something that may never exist. And uh, yeah, there you go. Enjoy it, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day and bye. Oh, stay frosty.